Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for this evening, Cross, sitting alongside my partner in crime, Nitro, as always. Yeah, to the people. people. We are back with you tonight for our review, our spoiler cast of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Let's do this. We are ready. Are you guys to ready to hate us? This is the end of Marvel Phase 4. We finally made it. Lord. Praise the Lord. Longest slog of two years to get through, but we have made it to the end of Marvel Phase 4. Um, so we are super excited, super hyped to get into this tonight, super hyped to talk about. There's a lot to talk about um, when it comes to this movie. This movie has been getting amazingly praised, has been... Yep. Praise is the best of Phase 4, one of the best MCU yeah. movies to drop. This has been getting so much hype. It is raking I've seen a handful of this is, the best, this is the best MCU film ever. I've seen a handful of those. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Like There's reports of how much money the movie's making it. Yeah. This has popped off. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't, I don't blame it for us for that in a sense because like this is yeah. the the return to Wakanda, the first Black Panther movie, changed a lot of stuff, and this is also mm. the tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who obviously played T'Challa and passed away before getting to come back and play the role again um, yep. in the second Black Panther. Yeah, thankfully we got him for multiple movies, though thanks to Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, but. Yeah, and uh, but actually, before we get into everything, obviously we're going to be doing some some pretty intense spoilers here. So if you have not seen the film and you are averse to spoilers, I would just just join us another night. <laughs> yeah, catch us up, and um, you can definitely catch up with us. I'll put the links in chat now. Actually, the podcast gets uploaded to pretty much everywhere that you can get your podcast from, and um, via Anchor. So please go and hit that yeah. first link there for the podcast, or go and check out our YouTube channel. And the first link of the YouTube channels there is for um, the podcast one. Go and subscribe there. It will be getting uploaded in those places um, later this week. Yep. So please go and check it out there. If you want to avoid spoilers for this, then completely, completely understand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it hasn't been out a week yet, so. Yeah. Like, usually we give it about a week before we do that. But just with scheduling and stuff like that, this was the only week we could do it. Yeah. Um, so we are coming in like hot off the heels of this just being released like on Thursday mm. and this is Monday evening yeah. so 100% please we will not be offended if you're not able to uh, hang around we'd love it if you left a lurk and um, supported us that way but we absolutely get it yeah so we assume just, if you just never come on our channel again if you don't watch it tonight <laughs> so if you are here and you're hanging out from this point on this is spoiler territory. We are going into spoilers for Black Panther. We're going into full spoilers for what happens during Wakanda Forever. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to be spoiled. There's a lot of stuff that you want to check out and see it for yourself. Um, <clears throat> some stuff was major spoilers, some stuff not so major spoilers. Like, um, I think now we're in spoiler territory, you can see Shuri obviously becoming the new Black Panther was like the worst kept secret of the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Especially okay. one, one of the last trailers that they released and they showed her landing. I'm like, okay. They showed her Literally, using who else the, could that be? They showed her using the freaking weapons that she used in the previous movies. And I'm like, the weapons only she uses. Yeah. And then I saw it was at um, Heroic Hollywood like talking about, what do you think of Shuri's Black Panther costume? 
like days before it was released and it's like thanks you jerks and it's like wow so if you didn't know sure it was black panther that's definitely put it in that direction uh, for anyone yeah, who's a comic like, book and aficionado, like we all kind of knew that Shuri was going to be the yeah. new Black Panther because in the comics, she does become Black Panther at one point to all the people, to all the people that were going nuts. They're making a female Black Panther. Like, let's not have this argument every time there's yeah. a female hero. Yeah, it happened in the comics. <clears throat> they did it in the comics. It's perfectly fine. A bl- woman can be the Black Panther. It's okay. We're not yeah. like let's not get into this argument. Because one of those arguments is like, stop changing our heroes, and I'm like, literally at the same time, both Shuri and T'Challa were Black Panthers. Yeah. It's okay. The world yeah. is not going to be destroyed. <laughs> we're allowed to have Shuri take on that role. It is perfectly yeah. fine. I mean, I might, that was my assumption going in, was that she was going to take the main role. Either her or Nakia. I, I never really thought that, um... Face. The Dormaraje. Yeah, Koye was going to take it um so yeah I was like, it's either going to be an ikea well or uh, well there was actually what i never thought okoye was going to take it except for one moment in the movie and i even leaned over to you because i'm like if they do this uh, i want to call this out i remember and boy was i let down with that because they built that up and i because th- at first i was like they're not really building shuri for it shuri's like struggling and going through her grief and i'm like and then like she Okoye gets stripped of her generalship and all this stuff and I'm like, Oh, maybe maybe they are gonna go a different direction and that's how she's gonna get back in the phrase, become Black Panther. No, they were setting her up to get an Iron Man esque suit that was completely pointless. Uh, we call it the Iron Melage. The if Iron you will. Melage, oh dear. That was given to her and then some other random Dora Melage chick who they decided to make important like halfway through the movie and she yeah. got the other suit. And I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um But yeah, so like Shuri being that was not a massive spoiler. Some of the other spoilers were pretty big though. Yeah. Um and we'll get into them as we go. Um so right. in, in, initial thoughts then. Yeah, yeah. So let me flip the table on you, because you always ask me first. No, 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 because you've been doing this for the last little while. You keep saying, I'm flipping the table, and like for the last like five movies we've watched, you've asked me first. So I'm asking you first. What were <laughs> all right, all right. What were your right, so, thoughts? What were your thoughts going in? Uh, what were your thoughts like going into this? Obviously, like, yeah. what did you think was going to occur? Because we knew that mm-hmm. Charlie Boseman had passed away; they were still going ahead with the yeah. movie. What mm-hmm. were your hopes for the movie? What did you think when you'd seen the trailers and got our first look at yeah. it? And yeah. then what do you think now, like having seen the full movie realized? So you and I have had several conversations on and off air about how you know I was like, dude, this movie needs to hit. Like that Marvel needs this movie to slam in order for people people's interest in the MCU, the people who haven't already given up on the MCU in phase four to, to stay to stay, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um you're you're coming off the heels of Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, which arguably is a mediocre movie at best. Yeah. You're coming off you're coming off Thor Love and Thunder, which I think is universally outside of a few people that I know, universally just Every, everybody hates it. Yeah, that was that was not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is objectively an awful movie. Okay, and I, if you disagree with me, I, that's fine. You, you know, if if you like it, that's cool. But anyways, so setting the stage for Black Panther, Black Panther really needed to hit. This movie needed to be good, and I was really pulling for this movie to be really good. And then the first the first trailer dropped, and they had the homage to Chadwick Boseman at the beginning. They had your first tease at Namor. 
I think in the first trailer, either the first or second trailer, and I was like, this looks this looks amazing. You know, this looks amazing. Yeah. This is it's coming off of the the jokey the jokiness of Thor Love and Thunder and they're actually taking they're starting to take themselves serious again, which is what I have always liked. I like Winter Soldier, I like those types of films that take the subject matter and put it in a really serious situation. There's levity, yeah, but it's that's not the focus. So I was really excited for this movie. <clears throat> Um, I was super hype. We, we, you know, we went into the movie. Uh, I never, I was never in the recast T'Challa camp. So I was 100% okay moving forward. Sans, Sans King T'Challa, right? Um, coming out of the film, uh, I liked it. I don't, I don't know if I, I didn't love it. I liked it. I think it was a decent entry into the MCU. It's one of the one of the better Phase Four movies, although I don't think that's saying a lot. Um, yeah, it's not exactly I, a high bar to clear. Yeah, I think um, I think the way that they did Namor, if you're a, if you're a hardcore purist with Namor, I can I can understand why you're upset, uh, why you would be upset because they basically changed everything about him, other than a few key like visual things. They've changed everything about his character almost. Um, but that being said, he's freaking amazing in this movie. He's easily one of the best, if not the best parts of this movie. Oh yeah, he's, um, he stole the movie, 100%. The, this was Namor's movie, a lot of it. The action was awesome. Uh, I think it suffers from some of the same things that other Phase 4 films suffer from. Uh, not necessarily the comedy thing, but there's some pacing issues, there's some writing issues in my opinion, there's some really... Um, ham like shoehorned things into this movie that really honestly don't belong in the movie and they do nothing to further the plot. Yeah. Um, so overall, I liked the movie. I didn't love it. It had some serious issues, but when it hit, it really hit. There were some amazing sequences in this movie. Yeah, I would say for me, this movie was decidedly middle. And <clears throat> um, I definitely think it's one of the better Phase Four movies. Easily, yeah. like it, it clears that bad easy. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely second or third on my list, depending what yeah. you ask me and what I'm feeling on the movie. Because, yeah, because like we talked about, like the stuff. Like if I think about the stuff that was just bad in the movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely third place. But then if I think about the stuff that really hit, it really hit well. Like when intro when uh, Namor was introduced, like mm-hmm. his introduction in the film was like, holy crap, that was most awesome. of the stuff to do with Namor. Like hit home. It was perfect. It was a home run easy. Like I, I'm excited for more Namor in the yeah. MCU easily. Agreed. For this. Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I feel like there was, I feel like there was stuff put in here that didn't need to be put in here. Mm-hmm. Some I can understand why. Some I really don't. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But overall, I feel like it was a good story and we had a lot of great stuff coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. So much stuff in this for me hit really well. I think the story and a lot of it was where the major faults that I find were. Yeah. The acting was superb. It was amazing. From, what's her name that plays the Queen? Queen Ramonda. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, thank you. Completely blanked on her last name there. (laughs) Um... she was phenomenal dude she the power that that woman had in her performance was insane yeah and she she she, other than other than chadwick boseman's death uh, i'm I'm sorry 
to King T'Challa's death um, because they open with like basically a funeral scene for King T'Challa. Other than that, Queen Ramonda is the emotional push. It's the emotional drive for this film. She is so much heart in this, and like, and that's the thing because like they take the chance to focus very much on four the main characters, mm-hmm. and it's the four main women around the story. The four main women that were around T'Challa. <clears throat> And Baku's there as well, but let's be honest, and Baku's not as focused on he's as the He's really not a main character. They kind of try to make it like he is, but like he's really not. No. Man, that was a bad movie. Were you not a fan of it, Delaroth? <laughs> um but like Queen Ramonda is the heart of it. Shuri's the journey of mourning. As well as trying to find her own place. Yeah. Um Akoye, it deals with a lot of her stuff, and then, um, what's her name? Lupita's character. Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, uh, Nikita. Nikita. Right? I keep forgetting yeah. her name. Nikita. I her character was an interesting one. Nikia. I'm sorry. I think oh, it's Nikia. Nikia. Yeah. Like Nikia was an interesting character for this one. I. She was put into a main spot, and she deserved to be there. Her, she's a phenomenal actress. She Amazing. deserved that yeah. spot, but like I feel like she's the one that went on the least journey of this. Of mm-hmm. them, um, <clears throat> yeah, the Chadwick tribute was really awesome, but some of it was a bit of a a slog story wise. But like I felt like the acting was on point. I felt like the cinematography was phenomenal for this. Yeah. The soundtrack for this movie was amazing. Yeah, like, I agree. The originally created stuff, and then the songs that they used throughout it were so well done like I need that mm. soundtrack it was so yeah. good I, I feel like I, so much stuff like that was done well I think uh, I was telling uh, my wife about this earlier because she she loves to write and she loves oh yeah Delaroth, Delaroth we're going to get to that don't you oh uh, we're getting we to that we are going to get to that we had issues with that as well <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was talking to her about um, like the pacing of the movie and how they approached exposition and stuff like that and I was like I a lot of the time of the movie, I felt like I was watching just two people sit and explain the movie and what was happening. Mm-hmm. And that happened uh, like quite a few times, more than two or three, I think. And I think where other really good Marvel movies excel is they're able to do multiple things at once. They're able to have action, but also have exposition explained by the action. They're not telling you what's happening. Yeah. They're showing you. <clears throat> Something is happening and they're showing you. They're not telling you, you know? And I feel like this movie like suffers a lot from that. There's a lot of there's a lot of just sitting down talking and explaining stuff. When I think it could be done in a more interesting way that can propel the story forward and it doesn't have to be a two hour and forty minute movie, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think yeah, there was a lot of sitting and kind of talking about stuff. Which I'm not against in a movie. No, but I'm I don't, not. But I don't feel like the progression of the story in that direction was a good idea. Especially mm. when you could have had a lot of the talking revolving around the emotional journey of these characters. Because there was a lot of emotional journey to take place. Yeah. <clears throat> and to Delaro's point, as he's saying there, it's like she, they're setting up the Ironheart show, obviously, with Riri Williams, but she was a really weird MacGuffin. And let's talk about let's talk about Ironheart for a little bit. And that's essentially what she was. That that she was a glorified MacGuffin in this movie. Yeah. She was the they needed something. Cause like I love the fact that we set up um Atlantis. 
I've literally mm-hmm. lost the name of what they call it. Talacon. 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 Like, they literally set that up, and they set it up well as this amazing underwater society, which their technology, their armor, their weaponry is based around vibranium, just like Wakanda. And I'm like, perfect. You're automatically yeah. making them a threat. We had to have a way <clears throat> of having their vibranium be found mm-hmm. and come to the surface because they've never came to the surface yet so we had to create an event to bring them to the surface yeah and I'm not even against like Riri Williams being the person that created it and stuff like that I'm I'm not even against that yeah it's the fact that the whole movie took a sharp turn mm-hmm. and focused on her when it was the I- when we did the tribute to Chadwick and when it was the emotional journey of Queen Ramonda and Shuri it was a great start then I felt like we yeah. took a journey there to find a way to get Namor involved mm-hmm. and like once Namor was involved and we saw his city his underwater yeah. society when it came to the war with them with the two societies coming and clashing at each other mm-hmm. phenomenal Yeah, it was a good storytelling Really, Williams was on a guffin. That I love the fact of like once we like flooded Wakanda, we essentially forgot about Riri Williams. Yeah, she stopped being an important part of it, and I'm like, we yeah. shoehorned her in so badly, and she was not needed. There were several things that I didn't like about the entire Riri Williams Ironheart thing. For one, and I know I'm, I might be a little nitpicky on some of these, but one. No person on God's green earth is going to convince me that that lady is 19 years old. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. There's a there's a suspension of belief that needs to happen for me to assume that that is a 19-year-old person. <laughs> All right. Let's just put that out there for, for one. Two, nothing to do with the overall arc of the story. Other than her finding the vibranium, that's it. Which could have been done without her. Yeah. Um, and three, I, I'm not an Ironheart like, aficionado from the comics. But the entire drive of Ironheart was that she was a protege of Tony Tony Stark in a way, right? You have that stu- they have that suit that's based on Iron Man's suit. It has the arc reactor. She's learned stuff. You know, I know he he he's out of the picture at the time, but she's learned stuff based off what he's done. And none of that was in the film. None of that was in the film. Okay, see the way they set up the movie. Even like even just take if she is included. Her creating the Ironheart suit doesn't make sense. Why would she create that suit? The suits that we talked about, the awful suits that um, Akoye and the other one get. Oh, so bad. Why does Riri not just put one of them on? Yeah. It's essentially an Iron Man suit. Why did you yeah. build this thing from scratch when Shuri has literally already built these? On it. Yeah. And created these suits to wear. There is no reason to build a suit that's Ironheart. There is no reason to build a suit with an arc reactor based on Stark's technology. There is no... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, consider what Stark builds his technology, even his most advanced suits. Yeah. That's nothing to Wakandan technology. Mm-hmm. Stark is a genius. And his technology is baby stuff compared to what Wakanda can do. Yeah. Like, legitimately. <laughs> Caleb, you're hilarious, dude. <laughs> the movie was garbage. Space all coming in. Uh, I think, <clears throat> I think, um, the Riri Williams stuff. Um, yeah, and Delaroff. Why think... did she create the Ironheart suit to just leave it? 
to literally just I, leave it in Wakanda. In my opinion, the Riri Williams slash Ironheart stuff was easily one of the worst parts about the movie. Easy, yeah. in my opinion, easily. I, again, that's that was like a thirty-minute section. I think you could have taken out of the movie, had somebody else find the vibranium, and still had everything else that was in the in the movie, and it would yeah, have been was... fine. It would have pulled the same weight. She legitimately had no reason to be what they used to set that up. Like it, it wasn't the best film, but it definitely wasn't the worst. Agreed. That's essentially how we feel, Space Hulk. Yeah, and we essentially feel that like it's very middle. Like it wasn't phenomenal. It definitely had issues, but it was still it enjoyable. It was really good in a lot of ways. Yeah, just have Val find it. Have her hire us. Have her hire a scientist to make the machine, and have you could still have everything play out like it did. And you know, yeah, that's another thing. Delaroff was. Were you throwing when like freaking Val showed up, yeah, the head of the Thunderbolts, who's like Ross's ex-wife? I don't Ross. Um, was a Martin Freeman's character, like his ex-wife? Yeah, yeah. It is like, why are you in this? This is so random. Uh, <laughs> but all right, so I mean, obviously, we're not huge fans of the Ironheart section. What were what were we fans of? What were some cool like cool stuff that happened in the film? Well, to talk about good stuff that happened in the film, let's kick off with the elephant in the room. The funeral scene. This very start yeah. of the movie. Yeah. The T'Challa's funeral scene, as well as that being the the honouring of Chadwick Boseman. Because that's how they kicked off the whole movie. What did you think of the way that they handled his funeral and they handled that celebration? I've seen some people say that it was like, the way that they did it was gross and tasteless. And I can't disagree more. I feel yeah. like the way that they did it was it was like it was the perfect amount of are they they look like they're really mourning Chadwick Boseman to this is a movie and this is a fictional character but it carried the weight of both and I think it did I think it pulled that balance really really well and it was a really good opening I think for the movie to kind of set the tone for the film set the emotional tone for the film yeah I don't know, Space Hulk, I think he's saying he did like the the thing. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did like it. I, I was just saying, I, I've seen some people say that it was not tastefully done, and I I, just, I, I, I think it was. I can, I can understand where some people are coming from, because like when I saw the funeral scene um, kicking off, I was like, okay, this is going to be a very sad and somber moment, and it really threw me seeing the, all the celebration going on. Yeah. After seeing all the somber carrying the the Black Panther casket and it's like and then yeah. like all the celebration it threw me for a second but I think I, that's I think that's because that's how we deal with death yeah yeah you know it's like we deal with death in the fact of like it's a very somber occasion like we, we yeah. talk about remembering the good times and all that but it's still a very somber affair we forget that there are a lot of cultures that do not do that yeah especially yeah. a culture of like Wakanda it makes sense yeah I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think a lot of African cultures, like a lot of that, African during cultures. funerals, it's a celebration. It's, it's like a celebration a, of the person's life, and then also, as well, remember, Wakanda's a very spiritual country in the MCU. Mm -hmm. They don't believe the Charlotte is gone. They believe he has literally went and joined the ancestors. If you remember the first Black Panther movie, like where he went to the ancestral plane and spoke with his father, yeah. they believe that the Charlotte has gone there. Mm -hmm. he was not only the king he was a black panther so he is immortalized there so yeah. it's a moment for celebration and mm -hmm. um, so in that sense like 100 percent, it completely makes sense and also yeah. it's marvel studios taking the opportunity to celebrate 
Chadwick Boseman passing yeah. away. Especially yeah. even like the fact that cuts to the mural on the wall that we saw during the trailers and uh, stuff. And honestly, honestly, I really appreciate that they did this because you know when he <clears> passed, <throat> it was a, it was a huge like it rocked everyone, especially fans of the MCU. And yeah. I really appreciate them allowing us to kind of mourn and grieve, even if it's just that little bit. You know, for Chadwick Boseman and his and his T'Challa Black Panther, I really appreciate being invited into that. That was really cool. Yeah, so I'm just catching up in chat there a little bit as well. Um, Dylan are talking about Shuri's journey oh, of like from super insp- inspirational to wanting the world to burn because yeah. she's going to save him. Yeah, it went. A, I kind of see the journey she was going, but like it went a little far with that. But we'll definitely touch on Shuri's journey because obviously that's the main crux of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spacehawk, absolutely. Angela Bassett was amazing in this scene, as she was yep. throughout this whole movie. She yeah. was one of the people who stole this movie. She was amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the uh, funeral culture is very different in a lot of other cultures, Hispanic cultures as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, she was great in every scene, except the one where she didn't know how to swim. Dang. <laughs> Dang, too soon. Jeez. Too soon. <laughs> Hashtag too soon. Dude, I know the Ramonda and Okoye scene where she, Queen, Queen Ramonda just lost her collective S was just. See crazy. when she just went off, and I'm yeah. like, and you just, you could just feel Okoye want to just curl up in a ball and just like hide away. Yeah. Just being hit with this wave of emotion, I'm like, oh, she was so good. Yeah. Um, I do, I do feel like you know speaking about shuri i do feel like her arc i feel like um forgot her name leticia wright i feel like her acting in this film it was way better than it was in black panther one. Oh yeah like she but, she got a chance to really flex her acting muscles in this yeah, one, and I'm, i really I, appreciate it i we feel see like a her lot of journey yeah yeah, I, I do feel like her arc in this film is a little bit weird it's it's a little bit like up and down like inconsistent um i don't know especially towards the end especially towards the end when we get to the end fight with namor and her you know like i put i, I had notes because I, I wanted to stay on task but like the movie is called black panther wakanda forever right and there's probably 15 minutes or less where we actually have a black panther on screen yeah um and like i you made a really good point when we got out of the theater and we were standing in front and we were just talking. You're like, I need to see an emotional arc for Shuri when she actually is Black Panther. Like, yeah, like I, I get it. I get the the mourning and stuff that she's going through, the anger and all that well, stuff. Let me, but like, let me expand yeah, on a little point for then, because um, yeah, because we were talking like when we came out of the cinema, and that was one of the big things for me. The whole Shuri wanting to burn the world down feels like it might be a step too far for who she is as a person. I feel like though once she went through her journey she was going through her mourning for her brother and that was the whole crux of the thing was that she didn't want to mourn and she'd held everything inside and I loved that we got to see her basically shut down but go into what she loved to do so she went and she essentially became Tony Stark Yeah. when Tony Stark at the end of Avengers when we go into Iron Man 3 his whole thing is I want to put a suit of world around suit of armor around the world like I yeah. want to protect everything he's making suit upon suit to try and protect against anything Yeah, Shuri is feeling the survivor's guilt of her brother passing away mm-hmm. and in her head being like I'm a genius I should have been able to save him from this yeah. and I couldn't 
and then goes into the I'm going to make a defense against every possible thing that could happen. Yeah. That journey made sense for me. And then it made sense when that got escalated when she then watches her mother die. Like, because we already got the emotional punch of Angela Bassett when she thinks that Shuri's dead. And a woman who has been left with nothing. But then we actually see Shuri experience that for real. Yeah. Not just losing the last member of her family, but her mother dying in front of her. Yeah. Which that scene her... was was crazy oh dude. that was the whole flooding of Wakanda and going through the scene and when they get killed like, she gets killed oh it's so good but it makes sense she then throws herself into we need the Black Panther yeah and I actually love the scene where she takes the herb yeah because it's already been mentioned earlier in the movie that she doesn't she doesn't like really believe in the ancestral place. She's very much a woman of science and not really the spiritual stuff. Yeah. Which in a modern Wakanda, it makes sense that not everybody is going to be so connected with the spiritual stuff, especially somebody like Shuri, who is like smarter than Bruce Banner and Tony Stark, and like she is a like she is a young woman who's already a genius level intellect above them. Yeah. <clears throat> so it makes sense that she'd more throw herself into that. So she doesn't necessarily go to the ancestral plane, which also, just from a logistical standpoint, it was an interesting way to take it because obviously she can't go and talk to T'Challa. The same yeah. way T'Challa talked to his father because we don't have Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And they were avoiding recasting him, even for a scene. Yeah. It took a hard left and I kind of liked it. I just wish we'd got a more chance to explore it, which again, spoilers of you guys haven't heard us say spoilers yet for the last hour Um, she ends up sitting in the throne room talk about out of left field dude and when she walks around the throne she thinks she's going to see her mom or stuff which would make sense sitting in the throne is Killmonger which technically he would go to the ancestral plane as well he was king and he was a black panther even if it's briefly yeah. so like it kind of makes sense but <clears throat> hard to face him was Shuri like dealing with it because she's she is a young woman who's now basically been thrown into a position of leadership is dealing with the loss of her brother that she has been ignoring for a year and not wanting to deal with mm-hmm. the loss of her mom now hitting her head on she lost her father years ago in a horrific a terrorist attack. Yeah. And she's now being confronted by anger and sadness and rage and all this and that Wakanda's now looking for answers because Namor has said he is coming back. Yeah. If they are not going to team with them, if they are not going to make an alliance, he will basically wash them off the face of the planet. Yeah. And after that last attack, he has proven he is capable of that. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest threat Wakanda has ever faced. And Killmonger comes with some interesting stuff that also happens to be true. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, you, why did you take the herb? Which is a really interesting question that we do not spend enough time processing her journey with. Mm-hmm. Because why did she take it why did 
it was a very different reason of why her father became Black yeah. Panther, why her brother became Black Panther. She is showing zero interest in being Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Why did she want it? Yeah. She took it so that she could be strong enough to defeat Namor and save her people. Yeah. The exact same reasons that Killmonger wanted it. To fight out against injustice and save the people that he saw as his people that were under threat. Mm-hmm. When I realised they were doing that, I was like, oh, didn't see this coming. Yeah. Where she ends up at the end of the movie is a perfect ending because she has to go through that journey of realising no, she has to be more like her brother she has to be noble she has to be wise, she can't just give in to the anger my problem is that between those two scenes, there was not enough time Mm -hmm. to allow her to go through that emotional process Yeah. And that's why I get more pissed off at the Riri Williams scenes is because if you remove all those unnecessary scenes, you could have taken the time to have her go through that anger, to go through that type, being that type of Black Panther. Even if you introduce Black Panther earlier in the movie, like you've got that time for her to be that militant leader, to facing up against Namor, like to try and save her people and to give her the time to realize this was wrong. Because you could even have had another ancestral scene of then her talking to her mother. Yeah. And be like, this is not you. This is your anger and your rage. But this Mm -hmm. is not who you are and not what you need to be. And you could have taken that emotional step. Yeah. And actually spent time on her dealing with her grief and not just as she burnt the burial suit at the end, which was a very strong imagery when she finally did that. Mm -hmm. But you could have focused on that we could have focused on that so much yeah yeah and i feel like that would have given that ending that little bit more heft that it just needed yeah yeah not that it was a bad ending necessarily in that sense the way it was handled i think it was anticlimactic a little bit it felt anticlimactic and i feel like if it gotten that little bit of that emotional punch boom we could have done it because like i'm perfectly fine with shuri being black panther the journey she went on made sense for the yeah. story that had been built and it, it was a really cool twist having Killmonger be the voice of reason yeah and that she gets comfort in that to like find there's actually someone to emblazon her rage to keep going mm-hmm. but I felt like the calm down from that just kind of happened yeah she just kind of went yeah this isn't right mm-hmm. like why show yeah. us take yeah. us on that journey of how she got there yeah, because basically it, it comes to a head. It ends when she decides to not take Namor's life. That is the, after that's blowing the him up. Yeah, that's the culmination <laughs> of her arc. Where I think from from the time that she had she speaks with Killmonger until the time she decides not to kill Namor, I, there's just something missing. There's something missing with her as actual Black Panther that <laughs> yeah, I about thirty minutes more think, movie <laughs> that I think would have I, I think would have. Um, made the movie so much better yeah and uh, I was saying the ending was Namor got the ally and he tried to get when he kidnapped Shuri but it happened two hours later and a lot of Wakandans died see I feel like they could have played that up a little bit as well because like even the way Namor's talking at the end it feels like a 
I would love because that's that's my one issue with Namor, and we'll get into how awesome he is because he is. I love Namor in this movie. Yeah, I wanted that little touch more arrogance. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we saw little, glimpses of it. We I was saw a little touch more arrogance, and I would have loved it to be a case of like if this had all been like a ploy to get them as allies on the surface, because mm-hmm. that's what he needed for his people. Like if the whole thing had been we killed half of Wakanda or a third of Wakanda, like, he doesn't care. Yeah. But to get her to go on the journey to get to where he wanted her, if that had been the whole journey and play that up a little bit more of like I got what I wanted who cares who won that final fight mm-hmm. this is what I was after and really play it kind of like what they did I feel like they had to turn it up kind of like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Black Adam mm-hmm. that I felt like they had to turn the dial up from an, from anti-hero to actually being villain Yeah, I feel like with Namor we had to turn it up to anti-hero just a little bit more Yeah, just a smidge by no means am I going against the name where we got. He was a phenomenal mm-hmm. cast, yeah, casting for it. Phenomenal actor, phenomenal character. Yeah. He stole the movie. Yeah, just a smidge, just yeah. a little, little tweak, and yeah. I, I feel like it would have been perfect. Yeah, because coming off the backs for me of reading Hickman's run on Avengers and you know um, some of the Fantastic Four that he wrote. To Namor is just he can be a douchebag sometimes. Oh, one hundred percent. He's just like he doesn't care he about says, anyone. He says stuff. He says stuff that you're like, dude. Oh yeah, he doesn't give a damn about anything. He does no. not care about no. anything except for I, himself and his people. T- and I like to your point though, like a little more of that would have been really really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Thriller Ross says the only thing in this movie that made sense to me beyond the tributes were the uh, Talcons absolutely annihilating the Wakandans. We tried to attack them at sea, agreed, where they were all have the strength of Black Panther. Oh, I agreed. said that to you as soon as we came out. Like, are you really telling me that the <laughs> final fight, they decided to go and fight them in the water, which is like, okay, stupid. On a boat. No, 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 no. Let, let's focus on what you just said there. On a yeah. boat. Yeah. You're fighting mere people and you brought a singular boat. Yeah. And what, two or three aircraft? A boat. <laughs> How did you win? Yeah. How did you think you were going to win? Well, when they attacked Wakanda and they killed, they killed like a third of their population. Can like, we talk about that scene as well, by the spot. way? Ripped right out the pages of Avengers versus X-Men. Namor floods Wakanda. That was really sweet. See, when he did that, I was like, oh my goodness, we're actually getting it. He's actually flooding Wakanda. Like, this is how powerful Namor is. This is why he is a threat. Oh, it was so good. I think think everything about me for Namor, minus the thing that you pointed out, was amazing. Um, Like, his, I think his look is, like, it's just butter, man. It looks so cool. And the way that they adopted his backstory... From like Mayan, like Mayan Aztec culture, so hard not was, to make a joke there. Was really cool. It's like he looks, he looks like butter. Like you want to rub butter on him? What? <laughs> I didn't say nothing about rubbing nothing. All right. It's like what? But that's, um, I, I that's feel podcast like is taking a weird direction today. <laughs> I feel like his his power level was amazing. I, I feel like his introduction. There's a there's a part in his intro where 
so they they found the vibranium right and they go down and there's just people in these deep sea suits right just looking at the vibranium and then there's two people and then one of the per- people just stops talking and the other person looks around and they're gone it's and just the, the person, cable this suit yeah. is gone freaking horror movie stuff yeah the other person gets taken out and then you slowly see the um the talakanians i don't know talakans basically climbing up the, it's like an oil rig type thing and you see them climbing up can and we just they do something they do something really really cool hold on one sec they do oh, yeah, something go really go. really cool which i was like oh that's such a cool idea so you have some of the female um people of the tribe are coming popping out of the water and they start singing oh the like siren, a, a siren song like and the people so who are hearing good. it just are walking off the edge of the oil rig into the water i'm like dude that is so cool that is such a cool little that thing blew my mind yeah, when they gave them yeah. a siren song that was throwing people off of the boat and i'm like yeah oh that's such a badass move so that's you have, so cool <laughs> you have all this happening you have all these uh people getting wrecked and then the hel- a helicopter escapes and you're like are they gonna make it they're gonna make it there's two people in there they might make it and then all of a sudden the helicopter stops abruptly and it pulls back and you see the helicopter spinning really fast and you see it like just thrown into the water and exploding and then in the in the moonlight it a silhouette of namor with the wings i'm like holy crap that was sweet so like such a cool intro. i think one of the coolest that is how you introduce a, a character yeah that's that how you introduce someone in the mcu villain yeah i agreed 100 percent. so I think good every, and you know even the scene it was kind of awkward, but the scene when he took Shuri down to to his Talokan to show the people, I like, love that scene. It's like it, it was, was just cool. so it was, cool. It was a little weird just seeing her floating around in the, like a tube of water in that huge suit. And um, but, but I it, loved it the though, whole because scene. They did this amazing thing that they don't always do with Marvel villains, and it's like it was a hint of that obviously Namor's going to be around for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because we saw him doing his thing, like he could rip them apart so simply. Yeah. But then we saw the humanity to him. Mm-hmm. Like like he said, why we're trying to get this Riri Williams because like she is a thing that's going to expose my people. This is my people. Yeah. yeah. These are who I'm with. And can I, can I just say thank, you know, all praise to Namor for bringing a son to his people in the deep water. Because I was thinking that we are going to go down here and it's going to be pitch black and I'm not going to be able to see I didn't get I didn't get the sun thing. Like, what was that? I think it was based off of Vibranium or something or stuff okay. that they'd found gotcha um uh the suit and the cgi was bad yeah but i, I can't even yeah, complain against I, that i yeah uh, the suit they took from the tanker that previously needed cables and the person yeah, yeah. Okay. so also one thing that i really noticed and again i know i'm nitpicking i never even clocked that I'll like, yeah, that's uh, when, so true. when nakia comes and rescues shuri and um who else riri Riri, when they're in the cave at Talokan, she just pulls them up, like, and they're wearing these just face masks. That's it. So no, no, no effects of being really deep under the water and then coming up really quick. Nothing happens. They're fine. They're just wearing the face masks. They're good to go. Yeah. I'm like, come as on, opposed man. to the the people from Talokan who like who have evolved and like became this way and. Like, yeah, adapted to the water so they can do it. Yeah, the Wakandans can just do it as well. We can just like pew, pop up and we're fine. Like I'm not a scuba diver, but I'm pretty sure there's this thing where if you come up too quick, you die. <laughs> like, more, more I'm, pretty or less. Sure a, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, more or less that's a thing. Yeah, 
but like oh, I, I but loved it, yeah. I loved getting to see his world and I loved getting to yeah. see the people and can we just say as well I loved the backstory for Namor I think it was said it might have been Delaroth that said it like the naming of Namor like the child yeah. without love is where he took his name from and I'm, I'm, I'm <clears> not going to call him Namor though let's be honest I'm going to call him Namor well nobody calls him Namor except himself <laughs> every single he goes like my name is Namor and like, oh, and every, mean, when, when Prince Ramonda called him Namor I was like okay I'm good I'm calling him everyone Namor. else calls him Namor he goes Namor and I'm like okay are we is this just an accent thing like that's just the way you say the word or like are we just going to like not acknowledge that everyone else is mispronouncing it from the way that you've just literally it's told like we it. say french fries you say crisps or what are we doing here yeah it's like <laughs> or no not crisps chips chips sorry uh, everyone else was Namor. Yeah, Namor. Uh, exactly. He was the only one that said Namor, and then everyone just basically went, "No, nah, I'm not calling you anymore." <laughs> like, Namor. Literally everyone <laughs> just You're said Namor. Namor. And I'm like, okay, but, but yeah, his yeah. backstory, like the way that um, his mom and the people who had been um, were literally on the verge of death, took this plant, which obviously the plant they're, they're highly hinting that the plant was vibranium, then the soil that grew, and that's where that came vibranium from. ayahuasca. That's what it was. <laughs> Um, and then that, and then they all went into the water to survive, and they, but obviously because he was um, inside his mother still, he hadn't been born yet. He yeah. mutated, which I love the fact that we still included the mutation. I love yeah. the fact that that was still part of it because it, it's often forgotten a lot of the time when people talk about Namor. The Namor is a mutant, mm-hmm. and he calls himself a mutant. No, he is. He's full blown mutant. Yeah. Like say, like just like the X Men, just like everything. He's a mutant. And it's like, I love the fact that we still included that. Um, 30 oh, seconds after he said his name, Ramon, <laughs> says Namor. The real reason he killed That's her. Killed her. <laughs> that they didn't even kill her. She just couldn't swim. Like, yeah, pretty much. She flooded it oh. and she just didn't surface in time. And it's like, I think one of the one of the better parts of the film is when, you know, they attack Wakanda and it shows how brutal Namor can be. Like, it's. I, I just think it's it's really cool that whole scene where he's just destroying the the airships and just he punches a hole basically in Baku. Oh yeah, he's just like ripping okay. through the ships, launches Baku. Like he's just. I yeah, we his... didn't get we didn't get the X Men animated series jingle. It's it Delaro... doesn't count unless we I get d- that. I didn't even think of that until <laughs> Delaro said it. Then I'm like, yeah, we did it. Freaking Kamala Dude, Khan. If they did that, I would have left the theater. I Kamala Khan, who isn't left. even a mutant in the comics, gets the X Men jingle. Namor doesn't, and I'm like, no, Namor's actually a freaking <laughs> mutant. Why yeah, is he not? For real, if they would have done that, I would have straight up got out and walked. No, out. <laughs> <laughs> Namor being ruthless was fantastic, though. I don't know how he's supposed to get an ally out of that. Yeah, I think at that point, sorry, dude, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think at that point, it was more a case of like he'd already gotten a no for the allyship. Yeah, so it was like okay you're not going to willingly join so I'm just going to prove how dominant I am that you don't say no to me yeah and the yeah, honest I mean, truth is he almost got that I think it's kind of established that he doesn't play well with others um, so I think like you know when he gets to the point where he's going to have to be you know, as part of a group <laughs> as, as part of a group like the Illuminati or you know even the Avengers at some point if that's going to, if that's going to happen like it's going to be out of a necessity I think like oh, yeah. we have we have to have him here because of his strength and of you know his uh, dominion over the ocean or whatever h- however you want to put it and uh, that's good I think that'll be have a really cool chance for him to have a really cool character arc as well so yeah absolutely I mean 
I think it's going to be a really interesting journey to see where Namor goes from here because like they're obviously yeah. keeping him around. Although I'm not going to lie, when like Shuri blows him up in that final fight, I literally thought in my head, "Holy crap! Did they just kill Namor?" Yeah. Like I like no, you didn't just kill him. Um, thank goodness they didn't. <clears throat> but like I I I I'm really excited to see where they go with him. I'm Can really excited talk- to see if we see an Illuminati, if we see Avengers. I'm excited to see what happens when he comes face to face with the yeah. Fantastic Four. I want to see I him want- come face to face with freaking Doctor Doom. Uh, Arrogance I- off. <laughs> I want to talk about. I think one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is that bridge fight between Okoye mm. and um, and Namor's general. I forgot his name offhand, but that, in my opinion, was one of the best fights of the entire. That movie. was that was so brutal. Fight. It was. We so even brutal. talked about it like that was such a good fight that literally their fight later on during the big finale was so yeah. disappointing. It was so uh, so much of a just letdown. them going at it with like their spears and their blades and just battling each other was so yeah. well choreographed. It yeah. was so good. Like Okoye knew she wasn't going to beat him, but like he 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 stuck her spear in the ground and then he he basically yanked her to her spear and dislocated her shoulder. I'm like, dude, this is so sweet. He was beating the brakes off of her, but she was not giving up. And she reset her shoulder and got back up again. Oh man, that was that was such a cool such thing. Such a good fight. Like yeah. props to Akoi and this. Like she really came out on her own as a character. Like she'd very much been the general, we've been getting hints of character to her, but I feel like we got so much character depth in her in this one and I'm all for it. Those Iron Melage suits were garbage though. Oh, that was yeah, not needed. Worked. That was not needed, let's be honest. Yeah. Like I think them being created makes sense from Shuri's perspective them actually putting them on and flying around like Iron Man doesn't make sense but yeah Riri Williams built one from scratch but we're going to give one of the two suits we already have built a box of scraps sorry we're going to build these two suits we're going to get Okoye who's already talked about how much she hates this technology to wear one and then the chick who we tried to make a thing in this the other one Mm mhm which, can I say that other chick by the way like it was so random her appearing like important in a couple of scenes and then you're like disappearing in other scenes yeah, yeah. she literally appears as if she's meant to be an important thing in like three scenes Yeah. the first scene where they take out like the people that are trying to break in for their vibranium mm-hmm. and when she uses like the daggers that um, Shuri gave her yeah the second scene when her and Shuri are like just hanging out kicking ass together mhm and then the third scene where we see her going over and kissing the new general of the Dona Milaje on the head. Yeah. Hinting that they're like in a relationship. And it's like, yeah. It's like, you really pushed this character, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Like, specific, not like, not like the Dora, just like yeah. specifically her. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, because like she's not actually done anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Delaraz is talking about um, the suit. Um, uh, they look like the Moonlight Angels from the comics. So I'll be straight up. I had no idea Moonlight Angels existed before this movie, and actually until about thirty minutes ago. So yeah, I, I still think they detracted from the movie a bit. I don't. I think they were. I didn't think they were, were that great. I don't think they made sense in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Even if it's from the comics and stuff like that, it's like it doesn't always mean it translates well, and it's okay. Yeah, and I I feel like it was a forced thing for the end and it's like it just it didn't work for me yeah 
All right, can I can I talk? I just want to mention one thing in pa- <laughs> in passing. I realize I have a very unique perspective, and I mentioned this. You know, when we oh, came dear. out of theater. Can we uh, can we just not do any more colonizer jokes? Can we just like we've we've done like forty of them already in the past two movies, and it seems like the butt of all of them is Martin Freeman's character, who is literally the only white character that's kind of helping them. I guess because he's the only main white dude in the movie, so like of course he has to get them. I'm like we get it, uh, or I get it. I mean, I guess I should say since it's my perspective, but I, I think we're I think we're good with the colonizer jokes or the colonizer stuff. So I don't know. That's just me. Well, she, the favorite colonizer was funny, but don't need more. Like, yeah, like I, I like that kind of thing. It's her favorite colonizer. I love, I like that kind of thing to it. But like when she literally just, they just keep harping on it. It's like, ironically, from like one of the few, like the only African countries that wasn't colonized at all because Wakanda's mm-hmm. remained hidden from the world. Yeah, but yet they keep making the colonizer jokes. I am literally looking up Martin Freeman's character name because like it keeps Everett Ross. I was right, yeah, Everett That's Ross. It. Everett Ross. Um, I feel like Everett Ross. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he was in this, and I think he needed to be like the American contact for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was kind of pointless. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was just there to push the plot forward. Literally, just to put forward plot points and to introduce the fact that Val, who we've literally seen in like two movies and a TV show at this point briefly, and is setting up the Thunderbolts, is actually the head of the freaking FBI. Yeah, CIA. Oh, CIA. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's the head of the CIA, and she's Everett Ross's ex-wife. That's literally the only role that they played in this. Because I even yeah. found myself looking at Val because like she's changed her hair, she's got this blonde streak through it now. Yeah. So I literally had a couple of moments I was looking at her like, because they said they didn't say her name at first. They were referring to her like as like her title and stuff, and I was like, Yeah. Is that her? Yeah. It looks like her. Does she just look a lot like her, or is it someone yeah. else? Because if it's just if it's actually Val, it's very random. And I got to the end of the movie and went, yep, it was really random, because like, yeah. the only point of it was to show that she's the head of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so we're officially making Val Amanda Waller for the MCU. Yeah. Head of government yeah. organization that yeah. creates a suicide squad to go in and do missions. Exactly what's happening. She's legitimately becoming Amanda Waller for, for the yeah. Marvel Universe. I didn't. I honestly didn't mind Martin Freeman's character in this, uh, or Elaine from Seinfeld. Um, I don't feel like they added a lot, but I also don't feel like they took away a lot, like Riri Williams' character did. Yeah, like it made sense of it in there, but I think that's that they weren't a focus point. They weren't focused on. It was literally they were there to help move the plot along. Yeah, it felt like the movie stopped mm-hmm. to go get Riri Williams and then and shoehorn her out of the story to then just yeah. go. Ah, you're not needed. Yeah, for her then to create an Ironheart suit that she doesn't keep, even though she's clearly going to have to get it back because they're doing an Ironheart TV show, so she clearly yeah. needs to get the suit. Well, I mean, I, th- what I can say is at least Martin Freeman's character has been and was in the first one, so there's a thread of continuity with yeah. him. He's being a friend in of this un- being in the universe, right? Elaine's character, not not so much. Um, I would but, have liked yeah. to seen him interacting a bit more with the family. Not just in like a terms of yeah, like yeah, 
the actual like um, moving the plot forward but in terms of like the grieving process because like he knew T'Challa he'd worked with T'Challa and mm-hmm. um, he was involved in the whole fight against Killmonger and the last one like he's been invested with Wakanda yeah um, so I'd love to have seen him doing a lot more than just like a we're sorry for your loss to Queen Ramonda on the phone mm-hmm. um, you know but I felt like it was used just to move the plot on and it made sense how do they find out what the Americans are doing and keeping up to tabs with that they've got someone mm-hmm. on the inside who's a friend it made sense but at least it wasn't he's a scroll, obviously yeah Delaroth he's a scroll, as we'll find anybody out anybody that's not that important is a scroll. let's be honest uh, that's a whole other thing with Secret Invasion yeah. how we're going to do that with the scrolls, but yeah, I still don't know how we're totally going to do Secret Invasion because we've done this whole weird thing where the scrolls are good guys and we're on their side now and it's like it's it's getting really weird because the scrolls were like a big threat for Secret Invasion but that's a, that's a rant for another day <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other rant <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let me pull back for a second and just talk about phase four in general just for a second. Okay. How? All right. So there's been six. Like, I think it's 2023, Delaroth. I think it's 2023. Secret Invasion comes out. It's actually next year, I think. There's been six feature link movies yep. in phase four. Okay. Started at the end of 2020, 2020 with Eternals. And this is the closeout. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The next one is Phase 5. Start of Phase 5 is Quantumania in February. Your Phase 4 movies, what's your ranking on those? Yeah, it's not and I know it. It's not a Black Widow, like, once before. Oh, I totally, I totally forgot about Black Widow. Black so Widow. there's seven. And then it was like... Yeah, there's seven. It was Black Widow, and then it was like Shang-Chi, and then it was Eternals. Eternals was like a few in. Dude, I, I, I'll be honest. I totally forgot about Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding that to the list right now. <laughs> All right, All right, so so seven, seven feature-length movies, okay? So we have right. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Arthur Strange, Strange Bullet Thor. Versus Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and Black Panther uh, Wakanda yep. Forever. Okay, so yep. we've got seven. So how would you rank them? All right, so we're going to rank... We'll get back into the movie in a sec, but I, you you do your one, I'll do my one. We'll go back and forth. Okay, top movie, definitely Spider Man No Way Home. Hundred percent. That stole by, it by far, by far. That movie just had a lot of great storytelling plot points for me, and there was a lot of fan service to it, and it was a love letter to the old Spider Man movies. But I thought it was handled really well, and. I think it's set up interesting stuff for Spider-Man going forward now that we've got confirmation yeah. Tom Holland signed on for more movies and mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be really interesting going forward with his Spider-Man and having that secret mm-hmm. identity back Yeah. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see where it goes and I think it handled everything really well everything in it made sense I think I think that's probably not just Phase 4 for me that's one of my favourite Marvel movies yeah. like in general <clears throat> With one of Marvel's best villains to date as well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so yeah, that's definitely number one. So we both okay. agree on that. So what's your number two? Shang-Chi for me. I really like Shang-Chi. Um, I, I think it's, it's... It's it's number two for me, but it's still a ways away from No Way Home. Like, No Way Home has set the bar, and then Shang-Chi came in, and it was it was an awesome movie. It was really cool of me being a kung fu fan, like kung fu flicks, uh, martial arts flicks coming. I love that that flavor 
on a on a Marvel superhero. Yeah. You know, cr- like Crouch and growing up with Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and House of the Flying Daggers, and and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah and yeah, seeing absolutely. that type, seeing that type of cinema or that type of like action and set pieces and stuff in a Marvel film, I was like over the moon. And they had some really cool, really cool stuff in that film. Um, and I thought the relationship between Shang Chi and his father was amazing. Um, yeah. So that would be that's my number two. Same for me. I totally agree. Shang Chi was an amazing movie, and did a little saying, feel like I was watching Rumble in the Bronx. Like it, it was yeah, awesome. It was yeah. such a yeah. good movie, especially I in that think it doesn't get scene. enough. It doesn't get enough praise for how no. good it was. I don't think I I really enjoyed it. Like yeah. that's one of those ones that other people go, ah, it was okay, and I'm like, no, this was phenomenal. And there's been a few Marvel movies I've been like that people have thought are okay that I'm like, this needs more praise, and Shang Chi yeah. is definitely one of them. Yeah, not the best of the phase, but definitely up there and unlike some of the choices that are coming up next not because the rest of the phase is awful mm-hmm. or mediocre but literally because I do think Shang-Chi was a good movie yeah yeah alright what's your uh, what's your number three oh it's getting hard now um <laughs> yeah number three definitely Black Panther Wakanda Forever yep same this movie that we have talked about this is a very middle movie for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as a lot of the praise is giving it. Mm-hmm. Um, although there is some phenomenal stuff in this movie, but I also definitely do not think this is awful. This is worthy of a lot of the praise it's getting. Yeah. Um, as much as there's definite issues that I have, mm-hmm. there's a lot in this that's done so well. Yeah. And the acting choices, the way the characters are portrayed in a lot of ways, like we talked about, uh, Namor himself, and the way that the whole um, his people are handled, and the whole mm-hmm. attack on Wakanda, everything like that. Yeah. The celebrations of Chadwick are done well. There's stuff that's definitely not needed, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But overall, yeah, this is a good movie. It would probably be yeah. lower down on if it came out during like phase two or three. Mm-hmm. It definitely would be about midway. Yeah, but in phase four, the for me it's ended on a high note. Yeah, I I I agree. I think for me it's a number three as well. And we didn't consult before this as far as our ratings, but um, yeah, I really like Black Panther. When it hits, it really really hits. It definitely has it has some glaring issues, but the stuff that it does right, it does really really well. Absolutely. And I think uh, Ryan Coogler is to. Is needs to be pat on the back for uh, a good portion of this film, just because. I think he'd be pat in the back for the fact that he had a whole other movie ready to go and then had to rewrite everything. Yeah. And what he ended up coming up with was actually fairly awesome. <clears throat> all right. Um, all right, number four. What you got for me? All right, and this is probably where we're gonna split up, like differ a little bit. But for me, it's Eternals. Um, I realize I see the head shake. I'm not even looking, and I see the head shake. But feel the judgment I know that, looking at you. Feel I know. the judgment. I know this. I know this film gets a lot of hate, and I know it has a lot of issues. But I feel like for me, it was a really cool artistic deviation from the rest of the MCU, just visually speaking, and just stylistically and and, and structurally, it was a deviation. And I think some parts of it work really, really well. And I don't think it gets enough credit for the stuff that it does really well. Um, I again. I know it has a lot of issues. It can get boring in some spots. And Kit Harrington is just not a leading man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I just don't, at least not 
anything other than Game of Thrones, okay? Um, but yeah, I really, really like the film. Um, again, has issues, but I really like the... It's more style over substance for me, I guess. Um, I just really, I really like, I really like the look, the feel of the film, and the structure of the film, and you know, some of the action set pieces are phenomenal, especially the fight with um, the Icarus and what's her face, the one that can run really fast. Oh, um, I know who you mean. Yeah, that, that, that name though. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. So, um, yeah, so that would be for me number four is Eternals. Uh, yeah, we're definitely deviating for this. Number four for me, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's definitely number four. Definitely middle of the pack for me. Yeah. Um, this movie had some severe stuff that was wrong with it. You can go back and watch our review on Doctor Strange to go into the full details of what we thought on yeah. it. But I felt like there was a lot of really cool stuff done in this. Um, I liked that we leaned a little more into the horror and some of the horror elements of it. Mm -hmm. um, like for example like zombie strange and everything like that and his cloak mm -hmm. of demons and all this stuff was really cool yeah. uh, there's definite issues with what they do with Wanda I feel like there's a massive jump kind of like what we talked about with Black Panther there's this massive emotional journey mm -hmm. that feels missing from where she was mm -hmm. at the end of WandaVision to where she is in Doctor yeah. Strange I liked the fact that they played off the fact that she wasn't the villain in the trailers for us to get thrown into no no she is and she is like hunting down her kids mm -hmm. and yeah i love that we played into wanda's power and how strong she is mm -hmm. um bit pointless that we tried to kill her off at the end because not a single person for a second believes that she's dead yeah um but i'm okay with playing into wanda being a villain and um, i'm not gonna lie i'm a massive fan of elizabeth olsen though so like i'm i i'm a perfectly fine with her appearing in whatever she wants to appear in yeah I'm yeah quite happy for that um i like that we're leaning into that side of wanda a bit more because there's this weird thing where we try to keep wanda likable even in the comics they try to do it they try to keep her likable even though like she's done some horrific things yeah and i'm like yeah we can make her likable again it's okay for characters to go on a journey and change mm. like make her the villain in this absolutely yeah because like it yeah. shows how easy it is it's you know it's the joker's whole thing of like that you know one bad day mm -hmm. it's like and she had fucking a lot of bad days yeah, yeah. <laughs> um all right by no means is it amazing though but so it's definitely middle of the pack for me all right so what is your number five number five what we got left what about uh five got three left. i've got thor i've got Black Widow and I've got Eternals. Uh, yeah. My number five would be uh, Black Widow. Okay. Black Widow. Honestly, is number five because I like because <laughs> I like the other movies less. Not necessarily how well I like Black Widow. Um, yeah. If you yeah. go back and watch our review of Black Widow, I think maybe one of the movies we have ripped hard for a lot of what it did. Yeah. Probably because it was the first Marvel movie we'd seen in the cinema. That was in not a good. long time. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it was yeah. the first Marvel movie to drop in like two years since, mm -hmm. you know, Spider Man. Yeah. Um, it had some interesting moments to it. I think it had some, you know, interesting things that took place in it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But overall, it was just very meh. 
Yeah. I still believe it came out too late. I still believe it wasn't a good movie overall. I still believe yeah. they assassinated Taskmaster ridiculously. Oh. And then have the audacity to say we're going to make a Thunderbolts movie and bring Taskmaster back. The thing that, that was critically panned across the board by everybody. We're going to bring back the legitimate only reason for this movie to have existed was to uh, make uh, what's her face Florence Pugh mm-hmm. the new Black Widow yeah because you can't even say it was closure for fans we'd had 10 years of Natasha yeah you know I mean we had 10 years of Natasha literally the only reason was to introduce her sister mm-hmm. and to bring Florence Pugh into the MCU and also yeah. the Thunderbolts as well like <clears throat> yeah. that was literally it yeah. Like that was the major reason for it. Taskmaster coming back and freaking Red Guardian coming back for the Thunderbolts are both not needed. Yeah. I think they're almost more accidents that happened. Yeah. But like the rest of the movie is just is so forgettable. Like what's the plot? What is the plot of that movie? Right now, off the top of your head, what is the plot of that movie? Because I can't freaking remember. I know there's something about a red room. You know what I mean? Like and some it's like goats. A, yeah, Taskmaster is so bad. Black Widow was a garbage truck, but Florence Pugh needs a thousand minutes more of your time in the MCU. She's great. That's She's the only great. reason that the movie was made was to create an mm-hmm. introduction for her character, so that she doesn't just show up and to give a, an idea of what she's going to be. And it was like it was literally Natasha passing the torch to her. Yeah, Natasha needed to save all the other widows. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, she needed to save all the other widows with the with the red smoke. Yeah. So yeah, right. that's well, that that is literally only at number five because somehow Marvel managed to make two movies uh-huh. I felt like were worse than it. Yeah. So for me, these last three are not good at all for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had trouble thinking about wh- which of these next two I hated more, or I didn't. I don't hate them. I disliked more. Um, but I have Doctor Strange coming in at number five for me. Yeah, I felt you, man. Um, so <laughs> you really I, hated Black Widow, and we both were not fans <laughs> of Thor. So, like, I knew it was um, Doctor Strange next. So I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I won't go into super super detail. But I feel coming off the heels of WandaVision, I feel like Wanda's arc was a good arc in that show, and I feel like where she ended, I don't, I don't think she was. I don't think the consequences of her actions in WandaVision were panned out as they should have been at the end of that show. That being said, I feel like that was a good arc for her. She went through an entire grieving anger process and mm-hmm. she landed with acceptance, right? And then you have that end credit scene. I know where Billy and she hears Billy and Tommy with the with the book. What's it called? The Oh, the Dark Hold. The Dark Hold. Yeah, I get that. But from that mid, from that end credit scene to the beginning of Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness is an entire arc for Wanda that we do not get to see. Yeah, and I'm her really turning it and her basically turning into a murder hobo for two hours. I just like I I'm okay with Sam Raimi. Like I get his style of horror. I feel like it was way over the top in this movie. And one scene that in particular that just blows my mind that people liked it is this the freaking music note scene. With him and evil Doctor Strange, I'm like, how are people liking this? This yeah, is the dumbest is thing I've ever. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen ever, ever. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like 
the stuff that it does really well, like the Cloak of Demons, freaking phenomenal. Freaking phenomenal. Him with the Cloak of Demons against Wanda is awesome. But the stuff that it gets bad is horrifically bad, in my opinion. And yeah. again, this this movie suffers the same thing that I think Black Panther does, where they shoehorn... As much as I loved to see the Illuminati, that stuff was shoehorned in like a beast. Oh, that was, that was shoehorned in. Oh, you could have cut that entire thing out, and that movie would have flowed much better. Much like Ruby Williams. It suffers the same type of stuff. So, yeah. solidly at number five for me is Doctor Strange. I was not a huge fan of the movie. I was super disappointed when I came out of the theater. All right, what's your number six, then? Uh, number six for me is Black Widow. Um, a lot of the same things that you said. Uh, the CGI in the last third of the movie is just horrifically bad. Yeah. Taskmaster is just an an abomination of of a of an adaptation. Of that See if character. you know what what Taskmaster is meant to be. Like, yeah. How did they the ever fact, get there? The, the fact that the Spider-Man PS4 game with the ten minutes of Taskmaster that it has in it portrays a better Taskmaster than a two-hour movie is a problem. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, that I think for me, Taskmaster sunk that movie. So I'm following yeah. Delos list here, brother. Delos got a totally I know, different dude. list from us, man. He's like his in a totally different order. Which you really hated Black Panther. <laughs> like, that's what I love about Marvel, though. Is like with the Marvel movies, yeah. like everyone's got different opinions of what the best movies are. You know. All right, dude. Drum roll number seven. Do we even need to say it? Oh, I thought that my number six yet. No, no, no. You're not oh, jumping. You, you are not jumping past this. My I don't bad. care how much you like this movie. I'm getting my <laughs> chance to rant about it. All right, right, go ahead. Number six, without a doubt, which should be the bottom of the list, but somehow they made something worse. Eternals. I cannot forgive this movie for being this boring. It is so boring. How do you have a movie with some of these actors, like you said, Kat Harrington, you've got Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, like, how have you got actors like this and have nothing happen? Like, legitimately nothing happens for most of this movie. Yeah. I was less bored in the terrors than I was in Black Panther. Wow. <laughs> now, see, like, I wow. was like... I kept waiting for something to happen, and then we got to basically the end fight where it was on when we like started pushing Icarus is like because mm. I kind of like the whole big twist of it. The whole big twist of the movie was an interesting idea. The yeah. whole fact that like they were sent there to fight these deviants and like actually like no, you're here to basically ensure that the Earth hatches. Yeah, ensure these eggs hatch to create new celestials, and I love the fact that we actually got a bit of argument about that. Yeah. You got a couple of them that weren't on the same side and stuff. I love that idea because it's like, mm. well, you're like, oh, we need to save these people. It's like, but this is the natural course of life. Yeah, I mean, I like the whole deal of like, is it you know, free will versus predetermination? Like, yeah, I, I think it, there was a there was a huge like through line of the whole movie that that was mainly what the movie was about, and I really dug that. Yeah, it was a really cool you know part of the movie where they talked about that for about ten minutes and then just kind of did their own thing and lived their lives and we exist and like oh we need to get together because this one was killed but it was actually Icarus that killed her and now oh wait we're about an hour and a half into the movie I guess we should finally bring the deviants back they're a thing in this movie we forgot about them for the last hour but you know we should bring them back at some point even the rest of the MCU refuses to ignore this movie there is legitimately a celestial 
coming out of the ocean, his head and hand coming out of the ocean. And it's literally been ignored by the rest of Marvel. Yeah, I know. Like, screw Icarus and his calvinus. <laughs> <laughs> his predetermination. Oh, gosh. I think the potential was there. Yeah. I just don't think they... It came up in She-Hulk two years later. <laughs> we, we don't talk about She-Hulk, though. Like we're not... We don't talk about She-Hulk. Yeah. The only thing we talk about of She-Hulk is the fact of the Daredevil showed up and it was a really good Daredevil episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing we it's talk like about. When, it's like when Mando showed up in Boba Fett. Yeah. Let's be honest. Even Mando just, season three. Yeah. Season 2.5. Oh, I gosh, like She-Hulk. Tell her if we'll pray for you. Don't yeah, we'll you. <laughs> You're really going to hate us on this next one. Oh, yeah. Because you had, you had this next one at like number three. Or he had like Thor that. so far up this list, and I'm like, we. Oh, gosh. We okay, just... we don't have time to go into everything that we disliked about Thor. Go and watch our previous movie review on Thor to see that, because there was a lot. We. I think we had like a full near two hour rant. Black Widow was his worst. Um, I think we had like a near two hour rant about what we felt was wrong with Thor, Love and Thunder. We, I feel like Thor is Thor Love and Thunder is the worst Marvel movie uh, full stop for me full stop yeah I'd like say all, out of all four phases in my opinion Thor Love and Thunder is the worst yeah even if you go if to not some the worst the other, maybe the next the worst sorry yeah if you go to some of the other movies that people hate like I, I can't say that I like I definitely can't say I like Dark World less than it. I can't say I like Iron Man 2 or 3 less than it. I can't say I like any of these movies that are like the worst of the worst considered. Like, yeah. I think my issue with Thor in a lot of ways is similar to my issue with Eternals. Only Thor did it a lot worse as I feel like it squandered potential. And it did it on a worse way for me. Yeah. They squandered meeting the other gods, they squandered Gore the God Butcher, they squandered yep. bringing in Mighty Thor, they squandered yep. like, all this stuff and then they filled it with random crap that just didn't make sense because I don't know if it was Taika Waititi's idea, I don't know if he was led in that way, if Marvel pushed it but they went out to make a full blown not just like comedy but a full-blown ridiculous stupid type of yeah. comedy which yeah. don't get me wrong I, I love comedies I love slapstick I love stupid stuff like that but like this was like beyond slapstick this was yeah. just this is stupid it was dumb like, it, like, this is... it, it really felt like Taika Waititi just gave up writing this film because if you if you go back to Ragnarok like he wasn't he didn't write that film like he came in to direct it the script was already there he obviously there was some ad-lib stuff that he was able to yeah, add that was stuff then, this, which is like... this was his baby from beginning to end he wrote this he direct or he at least helped write it and he directed it and i could i could obviously tell and i am i wouldn't say i'm a taika waititi fan but i like some of the stuff that he's done like i I am in the minority that are not. I'm not a huge fan of Ragnarok, but I appreciate some of the stuff in it. But Jojo Rabbit, man, that was an awesome. Movie. Yeah, I love that he does weird, bizarre stuff. I think it's yeah. like a really cool thing. Like, yeah, give the weirdos their stuff to do. It's like, it, yeah, 
you know, like you'll be amazed at some of the stuff they can turn out. Like you said, he's done some amazing movies. You know, Man, even with Thor I, I, there Ragnarok, was a, I was a fan of Ragnarok overall. Don't get me wrong, there's some stupid stuff. There was hey, a couple of time. One Geek 411 coming in whoa, with that raid. How are we all doing? What's up, everybody? Going on with that party of right now. <laughs> yeah, we are talking our review of Black uh, Panther. We're kind of forever. We're just doing our review of the Phase 4 and our ranking for it. Yeah. How are you all doing this night? Yeah, yeah, this night? This evening? This night. Tonight? Right, How are you all doing this night? <laughs> How are you Charles all doing? Dickens. Hey, I need to practice my voices, man. I'm going to be doing D&D. Freaking... Oh, I'm calling you Charles Dickens from now on. That's hilarious. Oh, dear. But how are you all doing? What were you up to over at One Geek for eleven? Uh, can we do a little shout out for One Geek as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, I got you back. Got you back. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, we're just talking about our our ratings. We're on our worst movie of the Phase Four, which um, is absolutely Thor. Both Love of us Thunder. agreeing Thor, Love and Thunder was the worst. And I think it's just like it's not even just like the comedic tones it took. It was the it was the storytelling, like even the story overall didn't make sense. We saw God the God Butcher murder one God, and then mm -hmm. even his whole story arc. I said it to you since I came out. His whole story was to go and basically talk to a God level being. Mm -hmm. It's like it didn't make sense. Uh, yeah. Doing well, chatted some of it. Black Panther and our spoiled three thoughts on God of War. Ooh, nice. nice. What are you guys thinking of God of War Ragnarok? Is it looks awesome. Been seeing some amazing stuff for it. So annoyed that I don't have a PlayStation Five. <laughs> I want to play it so badly. <laughs> it looks amazing. We've seen yeah, a lot of bit play work uh, playthroughs of it, and it looks awesome. So. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, but yeah, so I think for the most part we're kind of on the same as like our ranking system for Phase Four. I think overall we were both very disappointed. Have yeah. to watch to find out. Ooh, there we go. Well, there we go. We did a little <laughs> shout out for them. So go, go and check out One Geek for a Living. Go check them out on Twitch. Catch the VOD for that, or catch from where they posted their podcasts and go and hear what their thoughts were. Uh, but seriously, I've been really enjoying it. Fifteen awesome. hours in, nice. Glad you're enjoying. It. I've heard. I just. I've heard nothing but amazing stuff for that game. Which I'm not surprised. Uh, the last God of War was awesome. So like, I'm not yeah. surprised. The new one's amazing. Yeah. Um. But to bring it back then to actual Black Panther, to wrap up, just a couple of things I want to hit on for it is I want to touch on the finale of it because we've not really talked about the final fight overall yep. um, in depth and of course the mid-credit scene that we get because we put yeah. some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and yeah, for anyone coming in, this is a spoiler cast for it, so if you've not seen it yet and don't want to be spoiled, just forewarning. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the final fight on the uh, one singular <clears throat> boat <laughs> with the one singular boat against the mer people overall I wasn't big on the fight because I, I thought eh, he warned about spoilers before the raid <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. good good um, overall I felt like that the logistics of the fight for that felt insane because I felt like they're coming at them with one boat without a way to actually properly fight them yeah it felt like they had a way to beat Namor and that's the thing that I think bugs me more about it is I loved Shuri Shuri becoming Black Panther yep expected it made sense <clears throat> she's not as good a fighter but she's a genius so I like the fact that we outthought Namor I like the fact that we analysed and realised wait a minute this is how we can beat him 
the only Black Panther fight in the whole movie. Yep, the only time we actually see Black Panther in the movie. Yep. I like that we out thought Namor as opposed to out fighting him. Yeah, because it made I liked sense how they, I liked how they <clears throat> caught him and how they, you know, yeah, like, like them take in. him out, get him out of the water, keep him from getting back in and raising his power. Yeah. Um, even like when they blasted him and stuff, although I did think he died at that point. Yeah. And it's like I feel like they should have upped it a little bit at the end, just because she beats him and then they go back and he calls off his people, even though they're about to win because they take over the boat that they have. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like we should have played that up a little more at the end when we go back to him when he goes back home mm. because the whole thing is kind of like oh she's beat him and like he yields and stuff and then it's like they don't really allow it to set the fact of like why wouldn't I yield I got what I wanted I feel like yeah. he could have played that up a lot more because like what he wanted was an alliance with Wakanda and that's what he got Yeah. after all of this like he got what he wanted which yeah. I feel like Namor would have played that up of like that. I don't care if he lost the fight. Mm-hmm. He's a master strategist. He knows how to wage war. Yeah. And this wasn't a war in terms of winning. This was a fight to get what he wanted. And I feel like if you look at it in that way, the final mm-hmm. fight makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But it feels like he's he doesn't quite play that up as much as I thought like he should have personally mm-hmm. and that, I think kind of comes back to my one complaint about Namor is like I wanted to see the arrogance a little bit more yeah yeah <clears throat> that would have played that up but the actual fight itself is nothing to write home about which is a problem when it's like the whole fight is building up to the return of the Black Panther we did get a little bit of cool Black Panther action on the side of the ship like I thought yeah. some of the stuff she was doing was pretty sweet it that was stuff really, was really cool. cool it just felt like it stopped like I wanted yeah. to see her actually going blow to blow with Namor like I don't expect her to win and yeah. I still think she should outthink him because that's who Shuri is but at the same time like I think 100% like we could have gotten more we got a mini emergency over here I gotta step up, step outside just for one second sorry dude oh no worries dude Yeah, if Namor hadn't yielded, the only Wakandan left would be Shuri. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, that's the thing as well as like the the Wakandans did not go into that smart. Like the fact that they even took the fight onto the water, I think have a water option. Like if he came back and like attacked Wakanda again with water, have boats ready, have stuff to fight them, have your ships ready, all that stuff. <coughs> but like one hundred percent, like just not taking an army into this fight, fighting on one boat against uh, people who have advantage in the water was very stupid tactically. And the fight just, it displayed that. They got annihilated. They were literally about to be wiped out. Even with their fancy suits and stuff. Um, So 100%, I feel like uh, the Sonic Disruptor was a good plan, but they put the eggs in that one bath. Well, that's it. They did the Sonic Disruptor and they're like, but they just broke it and I'm like, they broke it off and I'm like is that is that it is that all you had like did, why didn't we have multiple ships with multiple sonic disruptors and I'm like don't tell me Wakanda couldn't have built them because they could have you know it's like it just it it didn't feel like it was a well thought out although I did like the way it ended I did like the way it was put across in the ending of her out thinking and then them coming to that alliance <clears throat> I do wish we could have got a bit more 
Oh, I had the heart shape there for giving powers. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's the Sonic Disruptor do? They've proven they're invulnerable when stabbed and shot previously. Well, that's it. The Sonic Disruptor was a good idea, but I don't think there was a long-term solution. Like That was like, a, this is how we disarm them, but it was like, what do you do once you've disarmed them? You know? <clears throat> I feel like that was an issue for it, and I feel like I wanted to see a lot more of Shuri's emotional journey, like I talked about, of her going through that rage of wanting revenge of the death of her mom, and you know, having been spurred on by seeing Killmonger, and then to like to come to the place of like, well, no, that's not the right thing. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent. I'm just like I. I feel like it could have been done a lot better that last fight since a lot of stuff was building up to it and a lot of stuff was done really well before like I said I was a big fan of like Namor attacking Wakanda and Wakanda getting flooded things like that and um, I absolutely adored that stuff so I just I felt like that was a little let down um, but overall yeah it's like it was an interesting ending to it and then there's a couple of things at the end I'm trying to hold off for Nitro coming back to talk about them the three airships and two of them got destroyed in the first 10 seconds and Namor being there yeah <clears throat> oh yeah they were outclassed easily like Namor and these people had that one Um. so let me talk about the first thing then kind of coming at the ending which was interesting was obviously we had Shuri taking the heart shaped herb and becoming Black Panther and it looked very much like we were going to get her becoming queen and taking over for her mom and you know the last member of her family but really interestingly when they went to do the big fight on the cliff to kind of crown the new king she didn't come which Wakanda's already established that we established that in Civil War when um, T'Challa's father King T'Chaka was still in charge of the country and T'Challa being the Black Panther and that being a separate role, it's not something that has to be joint. <clears throat> it was really interesting that we're going back to that and that she didn't want to take the throne. And M'Baku stepping up to fight for the kingship was really interesting. Excuse me. Um, I don't know who he fights. If anybody steps up to fight him, like I'm more then <laughs> I think it's more than capable and more than likely that um, M'Baku is the new king of Wakanda which is really cool it seems like an obvious choice for it <clears throat> if it's not going to be Shuri they really tried to push him as kind of like this mentor figure like once her mom died to her which I felt was a little forced in the mid movie because yeah, absolutely, Humor. Thank you so much for coming by. Guys, go and check out One Geek 411. You will absolutely love their content talking about all geeky stuff. Let me do another little shout out. Uh, thank you so much, Humor. You get some rest, my friend. Um, but yeah, like it felt like they kind of pushed like him being a mentor to her. And I felt like we could have gotten some shots earlier on of the two of them talking, of him giving her advice, speaking in the situations <clears throat> just to kind of set it up but him becoming an advisor I'm not against and then him becoming a <clears throat> the new king I am all for and having Shuri just be the Black Panther and I'm like that makes sense and um, I'm excited to see what goes forward with Wakanda now and having him in that position I think that's a really good choice and <clears throat> um, I love him like leading the Jabari so I'm really excited to see what happens when he's <laughs> leading the whole of Wakanda um, 
so that was a really interesting choice for that and then I'm, I'm really stalling trying to wait for Nitro to come back but we have to talk about the elephant in the room for it then so there is one scene after the movie ends and it's a mid credit scene that takes place and we get it at the end of the movie that <clears throat> Shuri goes to is it Haiti? The, yeah the Nikki is in and she goes to visit her and does the whole like ceremonial burning of the robe you know the morning robes the funeral robes and which we get a last little tribute to Chadwick which I'm glad we got a little tribute to him I do feel like we should have got some shots of Queen Ramonda in there as well because like her mourning process I think should incorporate both of them because like she's lost all her family and um, losing them recently I know she took to Charles Harder and it was the mourning process for that and it's also a little throwback to Chadwick but at the same time I feel like she should have been included in that <clears throat> and then Nakia brings down her six year old child to the beach and introduces him to his auntie Shuri and that his name is T'Challa <clears throat> named after his father I am probably going to be in a minority for this. I was not a fan of this. I was not a fan of them randomly bringing out that T'Challa and Nakia had a son and that she got pregnant before he got snapped. <clears throat> and poor T'Challa coming back to find out he's got a five year old kid. Um, and then obviously his dad passed and they decided he wasn't going to be raised there which I don't think makes sense because she had decided to leave but she was going to hang around while he was still there and then she left because she was mourning him but I f I felt it was unnecessary to have the child's son be there um, I know they're setting up a lot of stuff for Young Avengers um, with a lot of the characters they're introducing <clears throat> Although I said it to Nitro, I feel like they're introducing like junior Avengers, even more so now with having like Thor having a daughter now. And yeah, she left when he got snapped, but you know, having another order to be pregnant at that time, like it, and then her not coming back because it was the son and not just that she really missed the child. Like, I guess to me, it felt like. We were trying to go, well, we don't have the child, but look, his legacy lives on. And it's like, I don't know, for me, I felt like that kind of stifled the the mourning a little bit, in my opinion. Um, and I, I know full well I'm probably in the minority for this, but it's just my thought process on it. <clears throat> that I enjoyed watching the mourning process, and I enjoyed watching the characters take that journey. I enjoyed... Shuri finally getting there. Hey man. Can't hear you. But sorry about that. I have a hysterical six year old over here, so I had to tend to that. No worries. <laughs> um so we talked a lot about it. I talked about like the ending and um Shuri yeah. being Black Panther by not taking the Queen ship and it looked like Maku mm. was going to take it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just giving my thoughts now on T'Challa's son 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. I tried to hold off for you coming back, and I'm like, I can't, I can't stall. There's like two things left to talk about, and I can't, there's yeah. nothing to stall here. Um, but I was just saying, like, I know I'm in the minority for it. I know I'm probably one of the people that are going to see it as not the right choice. But as I was saying to the chat, like, I feel like I enjoyed the story of the morning. I enjoyed the journey, enjoyed the journey of Shuri and Ramona, and um, of Nakia. I enjoyed their story, yeah. and them dealing with it. And I feel like it, the morning process loses some of its power, and mm-hmm. um, by the introduction of oh, there's now a little T'Challa. Yeah. yeah. You know, with him not being there and stuff like that, and not being taken back to Wakanda, mm-hmm. because I, I, I feel like it's almost like a consolation of like, well, well, he's not here, but his legacy lives on. And yeah. I kind of liked the fact of like it was more real before that, mm-hmm. because it was like the real life passing of Chadwick, and it's like what happens yeah. in real life. Like no one is prepared for someone dying. Mm-hmm. Like and the fact of like you don't get to tie things up in a neat little bow like that like well his legacy yeah. continues on he was in love with her and they had a son like no yeah i like the fact of like there's no explanation he caught a disease and he died yeah shuri with all her genius ability and all the tools at her disposal in wakanda mm-hmm. yeah could not save him yeah ramonda who had lost her husband has now lost her son Mm-hmm. and Wakanda as a whole has gone from having T'Chaka as king to T'Challa as king to Killmonger as king to T'Challa as king again to now Ramonda as queen and now even after that M'Baku yeah. it's like there's been so much appalling <clears throat> upheaval and yeah, it's okay to mourn and to process yeah. that yeah. and I'm like my worryment as well I think is because like I can kind of be okay with it if it's just a case of like this is just like the boom you know the period the full stop at the end of the sentence for T'Challa's story and like mm-hmm. he, his son's going to go on but like yeah. doesn't need to necessarily play a major part going forward my yeah. worryment is that he will yeah that they're going to find a way to bring it in to incorporate it that he's going to end up joining Young Avengers and all this stuff yeah. and see I, I realise I'm a- need that yeah I might be in a minority uh, regarding that mid-credit scene, but I get why they did it. I don't think it was needed. Mm-hmm. I think I think it took away from some of the emotional punch of what they were trying to do in honoring Chadwick. Yeah. Um, and I might be wrong with that. I just that's the way you know. That's kind of how it left out the yeah. taste that it left in my mouth. That's what I, I was it. saying. It felt like that for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get again. I get why they did it. Um, because it, it's really it's a really cool piece of like backer fill in story that he and Nakia, you know, they got married and they had a kid. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. But I, I think I that's what they would eventually have gotten to yeah, if he'd still been around. I, I think just showing that as a mid credit scene after everything that had happened in the movie, I don't think I just don't think it was needed. After all the celebration towards Tarala yeah. in the movie, like yeah. to have done that, I felt like it, it muted it a little bit and it wasn't Yeah as powerful and then also as well doing it right after Shuri has literally just burnt the funeral garbs mm-hmm. and has just started mourning yeah yeah and like started that process I felt like that was really affected for me in that yeah 
because it was like oh you're just finally starting to mourn the fact that your brother's gone and coming to accept the fact that you weren't able to save him mm-hmm. oh but look here's a mini T'Challa who you can throw all that love into then and it's not yeah. really like he's gone because look his son's here and it's like yeah something that Marvel has done well in the past but I feel like sometimes gets missed out because like we talk about they go to the comedy and all that stuff especially in phase 4 it's okay to mourn mm-hmm. it's okay to be sad sadness is not a bad emotion Yeah, it's how you process what happens to you mm-hmm. and I feel like it was a really powerful processing mm-hmm. and I feel like that honestly took a little bit away from it for me yeah, the yeah, fact of like if it, if it had been part of the movie that he had a son or like <clears throat> if Nakia had never came back to Wakanda mm-hmm. because she's staying there with her son and stuff and it had been known it's like fair enough like, and it's also and also as well the fact of like Shuri's finding at this moment it's like well screw Shuri apparently because the child mm-hmm. knew he had a son before he died and apparently yeah. her mom Ramonda knew just her had been left out the picture that she's got a yeah. kid that's a nephew to her and I was like okay so I think Yellow uh, <laughs> Roof in chat said, I really wonder what the movie was supposed to be prior to Chadwick's passing. Based off what I've read, I think um, what's this? Ryan Coogler asked for Namor when they were filming the first Black Panther. So like he basically called dibs on Namor, like right up front, said. So Namor was always going to be a part of it, and I can I can easily see a lot of the same plot points in this movie if um, Chadwick Boseman were, were still to be alive today being just applied to him you know because obviously Killmonger still burnt all of the heart-shaped herb right so they'd still yeah. have to go through the process of like synthesizing a you know a well new see that's the thing and... I feel I feel like that was something that had to be put in here yeah bring a new Black Panther because I, well, like and, and... I feel like they did that knowing, feeling like oh well T'Challa's going to be around so we don't really need it right now and then he yeah. passed away it's like oh crap we need to find a way to bring the herb back yeah well, and even Queen Ramonda, they could have done that as well. Would just have Chadwick be the, the recipient or the recipient of seeing that and him facing off on Namor. So I think it would it probably would have been a, a similar movie, but obviously the emotional beats would have been a lot different. But yeah, because I feel I think I read it was meant to be dealing with the fallout of the blip and Wakanda, yeah. like because obviously like a lot of them had been blipped away, including T'Challa. He had been blipped, mm-hmm. so like, what would Wakanda look like? Because well he yeah. would have been ruling it because Wakanda would have been kingless for five yeah. years so who stepped up and took the throne and it's like that obviously we didn't really focus on that because we were focusing on the celebration of T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman's life and the new stuff so yeah um, so yeah it had been interesting to see what they did before <clears throat> I feel like it probably would have been a stronger movie before agreed agreed but that's part and parcel of course correcting you know and kind of like what I was talking about something that you don't expect to deal with that you just have to deal with like that's life yeah yeah, yeah uh, I think I, I agree Della. I think Namor Namor oh my gosh I said it I said it Namor was always going to kill Queen, Queen Ramonda I think that was that was probably always part of the plot yeah because I think that was a really that was probably I know you, you weren't a huge fan of how it went down but I think that was a really that was a needed emotional because Queen Ramonda was the emotional throughput or the through line of the movie i think yeah her, her loss her loss of her family and then her family's loss of her or only rema- remaining member of her family's loss of her so yeah but yeah it, it would have been something to see you know what, what would have happened um had chadwick boseman not passed um 
I, I definitely think it would have probably been a better movie. Yeah, I think it would have been, but I think it did well considering the course correction. I mean, it's yeah. definitely one of my top movies for Phase Four. They definitely did an amazing job with yeah how they responded to stuff and handled it. Was mm-hmm. there stuff perfect? No, but I think they did a good job with it. And yeah, set, and like, and I think it's ended Phase Four on a high note. I mean, like compared to what we've that, been getting. Talking about that, like I can't imagine what happened after Chadwick passed. Like what they had to do to make this film come to light like they had yeah. to they had to completely change it probably or oh. not completely again some of the throughput lines are probably the same but like you know yeah but how you ha- get from A to, to B them. is like you had to change so much in that because you have to address so much stuff and add in so yeah. many other things it's like yeah I mean hats off for them for what they were able to pull off given the circumstances so. oh, absolutely absolutely I think it was well, I know you wouldn't call it a high note, Delaroth, but considering what some of the other movies were for us, like I think it's a high note for us. Considering... The only phase without an Avengers movie. That's hilarious. Yeah, but that's that's the interesting thing as well is like <clears throat> people talk about that, like how long, like you know, how much stuff we got in Phase Four, and it's like, well, think about it. Phase Four's done more stuff than most of the other phases have done combined, and they all had an Avengers movie as kind of like a capping point of like, here's the end of this. Mm-hmm. And this is the first like phase where we've not had that. Yeah. And it's the only phase where we're not going to have that because even in the phase five, we're going to have, or well, the end of phase six is a two phase build up, but we're going to get two Avengers movies to end it. Yeah. And, you know, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And it's like, so it's like, it's really weird. Like, it just, it feels like this phase has essentially happened. So going, going into phase five, like, what is. What is your prevailing thought or thought process going into phase five? I hope they don't bugger it up. <laughs> more than they more than they did with phase four. Well yeah, that's it. Like here's your chance, fresh start, phase five, let's not do what we did. Honestly, I I'm not hopeful at yeah. the moment. It's like I, I literally coming out of phase four. I, I don't know if it can only go up from here, Delaroth. I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> I can only go up from here. I pray that that's the case, but I don't honestly know. Like I, like I said to you, there was a guy I watched on YouTube who was talking about Phase Four, and it's like Marvel's gone to this place now where it it feels like they are taking their fans for granted. Yeah, the quality okay. of stuff has continually went up until we got to the end of Endgame, and it feels like they didn't really have a plan for after Endgame. The movies don't feel like they really have a plan of going towards something, and it feels like it was more a case of how many Disney Plus shows can we push out because that will make us money? Ah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's like, a, it feels like that became a very big pushing point of, like, the Disney Plus stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, even some of those, it's like, well, these shows technically, some of these could have really been movies or even just, like, presentations, like, one-offs. Yeah, yeah. You could easily have done that. Um, but it feels like going into Phase 5 or just, we're, we're just pushing ahead now we've got how many movies and how many TV shows lined up for next year alone let alone phase 5 yeah I mean there are some things that I'm really really excited about in the next couple phases but there are some things that I'm like dude I don't really care most of the Disney plus stuff I could care less about to be frank I'm not really pumped for Ant-Man um, I don't worried, know what they're going like, to do 
I because I've been a fan of the Ant Man movies, and I'm just I'm not totally hyped for this one. Yeah, I mean, Fantastic Four, I'm so excited for for personally. Um, and you know the Deadpool coming in with Ryan Reynolds and all the stuff that it, apparently he's going to be doing with that film sounds like it's going to be just balls to the wall type stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Guardians Christmas special. That actually does look really cool. <laughs> Try to pull up Phase 5 and everything that's in it. Phase 5 starts with Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Quantumania, which is a much stronger swing than Black Widow and Eternals. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how they do Kang. Um, but like you said, going into Phase 5, I am not hopeful. I am not hopeful at all. So I think anything that they do and the step in the right direction will surprise me. Yeah. So here's the stuff coming for Phase 5. I think this is a list for it or... Uh, films that we've got coming out during Phase 5 are going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 The Marvels Captain America New World Order uh, Thunderbolts and if it's still happening Blade <clears throat> which we'll see if that still happens um, yep. Disney Plus television series we've got um, second season of What If Secret Invasion, Echo, Second Season of Loki, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. Like I'm I'm psyched for Daredevil. Other like, than that. <laughs> like yeah, like I'm looking at them and I'm like, I think that's the thing, is like Phase 4 has done something that I never thought would happen, is I am not excited for the upcoming Marvel projects, I like, I, I'm not hyped for them, and yeah. I'm worried now that like, like coming into Phase 2, especially like after Phase 1, and when we got built up to Avengers, mm-hmm. it felt like everything in Phase 2 and Phase 3 were must-see. Bangers. Even if I wasn't a fan of the the overall brand for that one, it was must see because it ties into everything. Even if it was a case of like, oh, I don't know if this one's going to be as good or why is it fitting this order? Like, it was. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. It was must yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. And I think Phase Four has now created a thing of it's not must see. Like even with this phase that like we talked about, there's no Avengers movie. There's no big build up. It's leading to so it's like. So does it really matter if I miss this show? Does it, it really almost, matter if I don't watch this movie? It almost feels like Phase 4 is being helmed by someone that's not Kevin Feige. It's like some, a completely different person stepped in after after Endgame. Um, you know, after Spider-Man, the, the movie that came out of after Endgame. I forgot what it was. Homecoming? Was it Homecoming? Yeah, uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. <clears throat> Somebody stepped in after that and took over and said, no, nah, we got it, Kevin. You can just sit the next couple of plays out. And that was phase four. See, the honest truth is, though, that that might be happening a little bit because the thing that we've talked about with phase four, we talked about it at the end of the Thor review as well, and mm-hmm. I still stand by it, is like, there is no way that Kevin Feige is in control of everything anymore. Mm-hmm. There are too many projects he's either super focused on certain things and other projects are having to go to other people yeah. or he's overseeing everything 
and is just spreading himself too thin. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> like I said to you, like how many movies came out in the previous phases? Like phase one was six movies, phase two and three mm-hmm. with like, you know, starting to go to double figures. Like, there was like what nearly double figures movies and shows there was like seven Mm -hmm. movies and what there's been like eight tv shows yeah something like that for phase four that means there's like what 15 projects Mm -hmm. in this phase alone yeah and most of those some of those projects are like six to eight hours long there is no way he can keep control of all of that as much but that's the disney machine marvel is one of their big money makers so we're going to keep pumping them out yeah we're going to keep pumping it out because if we pump out weekly shows spread out across like every couple of months for marvel people are going to have to keep buying disney plus because they're going to have to keep up to date with it if we keep pumping out the movies the same way that we were on top of that people will still keep going to the movies the way they were Mm -hmm. and going to see them they'll see two or three marvel movies in theaters and they're going to keep doing that while also paying for Disney Plus and seeing the Marvel yeah. shows. Do you think Phase 4 suffered because of COVID? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it did a little bit, in all honesty. Not as much as, a, as I think we would hope it had. I think the biggest thing is that that it was like a year gap where we had nothing right nothing marvel and i think it knocked the wind out of the out of the the hype behind marvel coming off of endgame and spider-man spider-man and i think a lot of like i I feel like the wind was knocked out of the mcu then and then you picked it up you picked it up with black widow which did not help with that See, that's the thing though, is like I I almost use that in the opposite direction of you, like it knocked the wind out of it and it's like Yeah, maybe for the casual going viewer. But for people like us who were hardcore fans, people us who are comic book fans who were desperate, I'm like you literally had a fan base that were hungry for anything Marvel related. Do you remember the hype at the start? A 2021 when WandaVision dropped. Yeah, dude. I because remember. it was the first new Marvel project in over a year. Yeah. And we were hungry for it, and that's the thing. It kicked off well, in my opinion, WandaVision. That's right, it did kick off with WandaVision. That's right. It kick off well. Black Widow, we weren't high hopes for because we hadn't had high hopes for that. But that's the thing, like a lot of the earlier stuff, I feel like some of the earlier stuff was better. Mm hmm. Like even Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's like I don't—I wouldn't say it's amazing, but I still enjoyed the show. Mm. Loki was arguably one of the best shows that Disney Plus has put out. You yeah. had stuff like Spider-Man No Way Home, <clears throat> and stuff coming out like in the early stages. All that was all last year. Yeah. And I'm like, so if there was anything that was going to falter, I feel like it would have been in stuff last year. Yeah. But yeah, it's stuff this year when we are more than back on our feet. People are back out in the world. People have got their vaccines. We're not doing social distancing to the degree we were. But somehow this year it's gotten worse. Yeah. And I'm like, you literally, like Marvel fans, we are hungry for stuff. We'll go and watch movies that, people, that a lot of people will go, these are really bad names to you. Like, I'm still going to sit and watch them. Mm-hmm. 
you have to go out of your way to make me not be desperate. Like, I've been watching Marvel stuff obsessively since 2008. A year gap doesn't change that for me. Mm. You have to go out of your way to make me not be excited and not think, oh, I have to go see this. Yeah. They've had to go out of their way to do that. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels like that. I think there's a lot of people that were desperate for the best of Marvel, were desperate to get more after Endgame and Far From Home, and like, okay, let's keep going with this. I want to see where we go from here. Yeah. And it's almost like we got through 2021 and people started going, crap, we should be going somewhere. Yeah. And it's the first time Marvel has ever been like that, even in Phase 1, even when they were throwing stuff to the wall and they had to rewrite it, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you go into... Uh, the freaking treasury room and Thor in the first phase of freaking Infinity Gauntlet sitting there yeah, yeah. and stuff and they had to rewrite around that because they changed stuff because they didn't think this was going to work mm-hmm. they were like if we make this to the Avengers this is going to be a miracle there's no way this is working yeah. but it was all building from 2008 with Iron Man it was all building to Avengers mm-hmm. and then it was all building to Thanos and it was all building to the Infinity Gauntlet and it was all building to the Snap <clears throat> and all building to undoing that yeah. it was constantly building the problem they've got now is and I and I hate the whole thing of people saying like oh well, you have to take it back to phase 1 phase 1 was going somewhere Yeah. the problem with phase 4 is they are not going anywhere it's aimless. apart from yeah. a couple of references to the multiverse mm-hmm. which do you want to know how directionless they are in a movie that is as interconnected as the Marvel movies are we have had what three four projects that talk about the multiverse mm-hmm. that do not connect in any way yeah yeah Val's, Val has literally been the only ongoing thing connecting building yeah. the Thunderbolts you have Doctor Strange appearing in Spider-Man where villains and other Spider-Men come through from literally other dimensions in the multiverse mm-hmm. and in no way does that tie to Multiverse of Madness which blows my mind that right there like you literally have Strange in there to set this up and it does not Nothing. connect yeah that right there is the biggest sign for me that you do not have a direction. Loki is major villain is freaking Jonathan Majors, the tank himself, who is coming back as Kang the Conqueror. I do not have faith that they will interconnect what happens in Ant-Man to what happened in Loki, even though Loki laid it all out that there's thousands of versions of him, and some of them are conquerors, and they will come. I do not have faith they will interconnect that because yeah. there isn't an end goal. I believe the only end goal they've got is Kang Dynasty as a title and so is Secret mm-hmm. Wars. Whether or not that's going to lead to something, goodness knows. And I should not be feeling that 15 years into their storytelling. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I, I okay. just. Kang is the Marvel Man in the Ocean. I thought it was a reference that we're not getting. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what I mean though? It's like 
That's my issue with this. Siri, go away. Sorry, Siri and my watch turned on. They're like, what are you doing? You're not involved in this. But it's like, that's my issue. Is yeah. I feel like we got through phase four. Ah, oh, the Eternals. <laughs> He's Marvel, the Celestial. Got it. But, like, that's. We are literally through phase four. And my issue is, like, if I get to Endgame and Far From Home, what do I miss by jumping straight to phase five? Or watching yeah. maybe a couple of things that might tie in. Yeah. Which, right now, we don't know. The stuff that's mentioned in the multiverse so far, there's no guarantee they do tie in. Mm-hmm. Right now, the way it's setting up, like I could literally skip over 15 Marvel projects and not lose anything. That is yeah. a problem. Yeah, For agreed. the interconnected world that they have set up, that is a problem. Yeah. Yep, I agree 100%. You must see minor yeah. characters introduced. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I think for me, I think to your point, you made some really good points. But one of the points you made, for me, I think when it when it when it hit me that they didn't know what they were doing, is when, like you said, No Way Home came out with a blast with the multiverse, and they were setting up Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness to be to be on the the receiving end, the coattails of that movie, and. You know, they didn't... They hyped it up. I'm going to be straight up. So there was there was definitely a bait and switch. Like, it's called Multiverse 100%. of Madness. And 100%. I don't care what anybody says. People are like, no, you had high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. the expectations that they set. Yeah. You tell me watching the Doctor Strange trailer that the scene where he is handcuffed getting brought to the Illuminati is not set up in the trailers to look like he's getting brought before a jury because of what he pulled in No Way Home. <clears throat> like, legitimately, you tell me that, and it's like, it. that's just it. Yeah. That's like, so, they that's totally made I, it look like he was getting hauled up for what he pulled there, that he did something there he shouldn't have done, and he was now getting hauled up by a council yeah. from it. And it, it made it look like this wasn't like the Avengers of this universe. They made it look like these were people from different universes mm-hmm. and the Illuminati that were overseeing the multiverse and you almost screwed everything up. So yeah. you now have to yeah. pay for your crime. Yep. 100% if you watch those trailers, that's, that's the how feeling they, set it up. they made it Yeah, up. that's how they set it up. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have this huge setup to this multiverse, this story of multiverse, the multi-freaking-verse saga, right? And nothing is connected. Nothing. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's super frustrating. Yeah, I, I get that, Delaroth, about the about the Spider-Verse. But yeah, it's but still, it's the same it's multiverse. Still part of the, it's, yeah, it's still If part they cross of over with MCU characters, it's part of the same multiverse. Like, you yeah. set a precedence, and they did with this stuff. And yeah. it's like, oh, you went in with too many expectations. A lot of them were expectations that they gave us. They gave us these expectations. Yeah. Is it really? But it is, but that's the thing, you could yeah. say that, but it's like, it's a Sony multiverse, and I'm like, no, because you've got Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and even Venom, yeah. Tom Hardy, all appeared in the MCU. The fact that they were able yeah. to cross over says it's the same multiverse. 
Mm-hmm. That's how multiverses works. It's like I understand it's Sony and they can't just tap into that pool, but you clearly made the set the precedence that they're connected. Yeah, you've set yeah <clears throat> you've set the precedence that this is not the only multiverse or only universe, and you can tap into other universes. Yeah, you've set that up, and then of course we got that getting set up as like that coming into being set up in Loki as well, which I'm like the only one that's going to carry on anything from that is the fact that we're getting Loki season two, so it will carry on where it left off. Yeah. But they actually connected with a version of Kang, so I'm like, is that going to connect with Ant Man and the Wasp? But I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's, I guess, that's my issue with going forward is like, yeah, I don't feel hyped. Mm-hmm. I legitimately feel more hopeful for DC Studios right now than I do the MCU because James Gunn is taking over and they're going in a certain direction I, I never thought I'd say that but I agree with you dude I'm more excited for where DC is heading than I am Marvel right now James Gunn literally put out a thing where he's asking the fans say hey, what movies do you want to see in DC Studios yeah I'm like, yeah. what are you guys looking to see now because like, he's trying to make up for their mess and I'm like I my honest worryment is that Marvel got took their fans for granted mm-hmm and they took it for granted that we were always going to be there and in the time they've set up stuff they've kind of rested on their laurels a little bit and not pushed it oh yeah well, we're not including Flash in that no chance there yeah and Aquaman I've never been a fan of either but like now that they've got someone actually heading up DC Studios like James Gunn like they've got potential they go somewhere awesome with it you know it's like <clears throat> I'm just I feel like they're less rested on their laurels. I feel like they've not pushed as hard for this phase. Mm-hmm. And in the time that Marvel has like been leaps and bounds ahead of the competitors, mm-hmm. they've taken for granted how big that gap is. Yeah. <clears throat> and my honest worryment now is people have closed in that gap. DC is now finally starting to get their finger out and do something. There are so many superhero and comic book projects stuff like the boys stuff like invincible well, yeah. stuff that's like, another you know. thing that's another thing like in, in the midst of all this, this the crap show of the mcu that's phase four you have these these other properties nothing to do with dc or marvel that are coming out like you said like the boys like invincible um what was the other one what was the other one well yeah i'm, I'm thinking of those two specifically i guess yeah but but like even then like even other comics but kind of like what we have found with like going and doing the indie comic book club is that we're now doing there's other comic book projects out there that yeah. are also starting to come out and are starting to kill it like what was the one that freaking Locke told us about in uh, the discord was uh, Mike Flanagan King of mm. Horror on Netflix behind like the haunting of Hill House and Midnight mm. Mass and all that stuff is going to be doing something is killing the children yeah Let, I'm in yeah. you, literally you don't need to tell me more than it Sandman, 100% Yep, Yeah, I watched the same man, I finished the same man the other day. It was awesome. Sandman was a massive thing. I loved it. Yes, it is weird, but like, I am not going to lie. For me, Sandman may actually be the best comic book show we've had not only this year, but in a long time. I adored yeah. that show. Yeah. It, like, so that it, it goes to show you that, that there's a hung, there's still a hunger for the, those types of stories. Like, people want to hear, see those stories. So it's like this whole mcu burnout thing or comic book burnout thing is it it might exist but it doesn't exist to the extent that people think it does you know there there's still an appetite for these types of stories they just need to be told well Mm -hmm. 
100%. And that's the thing, is, like, I think Marvel has not really... Like, that's the thing. If you go back to before 2008, I think people don't realise, especially people who weren't around at that point, how bad superhero movies were. Mm-hmm. We had some great crackers out there, but there was some really awful comic booking superhero movies. They were a joke. I don't think they realise how much Marvel changed everything and how high they set the bar. And the problem with Marvel is like in setting the bar that high. Kinda like what they say in Civil War, they say like by us existing with this power, it invokes challenge. Mm-hmm. But you setting the bar this high and this good and showing us what superhero movies can be, you've made yeah. people who would never pick up a comic book in their life become superhero fans. Mm-hmm. But you're inviting challenge. Mm-hmm. You're inviting people to do some amazing stuff. And the thing that we've been learning with the Indie Comic Book Club is like there is a lot of great comic book properties out there that are not Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. including superhero property. Yeah, yeah. And as people start to feed into those and start to realize what we can do, like Invincible and the Boys, maybe two of the best superhero shows ever created. Ever, ever. And it's like one hundred percent. And those are comics that took the source material and did something a little different with it especially the boys mm-hmm. the boys comic is more or less trash whoever reads it pretty much is like this is not that good Yeah, the show has made it something phenomenal mm-hmm. Marvel has taken stuff that people would never feed into and has managed to put it into the cinematic universe and then they made phase 4 and it feels like they dropped the ball yeah big time they just did so I am not hyped for phase five I am optimistic because I feel like there's a an end goal we can head towards right now yeah but I am not excited I'm not ready to throw my hands up and say I'm done which I think we both kind of said that if Black Panther bombed completely we would be like that so I'm not at that stage Mm -hmm. but I'm not overly hyped either yeah 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 I agree man I agree. The boys comic cast Simon Pegg as Huey. Oh yeah, Huey and the boys comic is 100% based on Simon Pegg. They've even admitted that. That's one of the reasons Simon Pegg was cast as Huey's dad in the show. Because if you look at Huey in the comics, he literally is Simon Pegg. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for us tonight talking about Black Panther. I think we got a good bit of conversation out there. Like 100%, I think we both say we would highly recommend seeing it. Yeah, it's not the best movie that's came out in Phase Four, but it's definitely not the worst. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much, Delaroth, as well. You've been here pretty much all. Oh, you've been here since the beginning, dude. So thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Thank you for Appreciate everyone it. else that came in and hung out. Shout out again to One Geek Four Eleven for dropping us a raid during this. <clears throat> and this is it, dude. This is our second last show here on Twitch. We're going to be moving off of Twitch onto just where you get podcasts um, iTunes, Spotify, stuff like that and on YouTube so yeah that's going to be interesting Um, our next one is December the 12th right? yep it should be in about December the 5th time let me pull up my calendar oh the 28th Uh, November 28th I believe 
we yeah. were going to do as a wrap up for that. Yeah, we're going to be doing Ronin, right? And we're going to be talking about um, Last Ronin, TMNT, the Last Ronin for our Indie Comic Book Club to wrap out the year. So please, 100% come and join us for that. We will be back next Monday with more Keep on the Borderlands um, as we play more D&D. We've got a couple of sessions left of that. That, of course, will be wrapping up by the end of the year as we kick off a brand new D&D campaign. Chronicles of Andresia, No More Humans starts in the new year. Um, later this week, we also have Jay will be back on Thursday, and I believe she's playing, going to be kicking off Disney's Dreamlight Valley, the new Disney game. Um, it's kind of like the Star Valley, the kind of like building a little Disney town. So she's going to be doing that on um, Wednesday night. I will be back on Friday night and mm-hmm. um, playing more Witcher 3, getting back into that. I had fun um, a couple of weeks ago when I started that, so I'm excited to yeah. get back into it. Um, and then yeah we'll be back next week and you're not doing art this week I don't believe I, I probably will be doing art of the year because I won't oh, be able right. to do it next yeah I won't be able to do it next week obviously with Thanksgiving so uh, I'll probably be oh, on this yes, Thursday we had, we had a good turnout this past Thursday so that's right it's going to be Thanksgiving next week I completely forgot I didn't even think about the dates beyond that I was like yeah um, so yeah 100% join Nitro on Thursday night he'll be doing more art of the hero um, but yeah that's pretty much everything for us at the moment yeah, Y'all have an amazing night. Take care and remember it is a good week to be a geek. Have a good evening folks. We'll see you soon. See you guys. Zero fear. Zero fear.